The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Ramp Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Haley, and I can't believe I'm not hungover today. After multiple mixed nut cocktails from our wonderful guest, Leah, last night, our first night in Vegas was kicked off with a smash. The boys and I sat around afterwards. We shot some pool in the Airbnb. We had a few Miller High Lives. It was a wonderful evening. And yes, did we make a late night trip to Denny's for pancakes? You're fucking right we did, because it's the first night in Vegas, and instead of chasing hookers and cocaine around the desert, we chased flapjacks. It's been a wonderful time. We got a bunch of pods coming for you guys. I want you to know we are on our fucking grind. We got three set up today, back to back to back. It's going to be a hell of a slog, but we are very excited. Some cool cocktails, some cool people coming on, so can't wait to share more about the Vegas bar scene with you. As always, I can't do the show alone. I need my feather-haired friend, my favorite co-host in America, on planet Earth, in this universe, Michael Windsor, who's over there fucking with the audio and is probably going to delete this recording halfway through, but Michael, how are you today? Hey, buddy, how are you doing? I'm hey, doing good. <laughs> good. You know you're an outfit repeater. You've now worn this Black Pistols t-shirt for the last three podcasts Black we've Black Pistol done. Fire, get it right. Okay, well, you've worn it for the last three podcasts we've done. I'm pretty sure. Have I really? Yeah, you actually did. Well, I mean, you wore it last night. It's a nice shirt, right? I mean, it is a nice shirt. Check out Black Pistol Fire. They're I can smell awesome. that shirt from over here. I, it's fucking clean. Fuck off. I don't believe that. I don't believe yeah, that. And, Neither do listeners. And as Steve said, we're actually recording with a new audio setup, so bear with us. We think it's going to work well, but we wanted to bring something a little bit more professional to Vegas. And I know we don't have anything new, but there was something I forgot to say at uh, last night when we recorded okay. with Leah. Okay. I just want to touch on the, okay. the new audio setup really quick. The quality might not still be there, people, but the effort is. We're trying a new rig, and we think that this might finally alleviate our audio woes. So if you're out there, if you're listening to this episode, pray for us. Okay. This might be the turning point. All right, Michael, take it away. What's new? Uh, tell them what you forgot to say on Leah's episode. No, so she just had that really bad experience. Well, not bad, but that interesting experience with all the deadheads. And I forgot to say that uh, we were talking about, because a lot of people who like her who don't know what a deadhead is, you know, they think of just generic hippies, sure. right? yeah. There is a difference. Oh, they're this very specific. A, a good friend of mine, Chris, um, he's the one who explained it to me. He's like, oh, the difference between a deadhead and a hippie is a deadhead will kick your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, dude. There's there's some, uh, you know, many a biker has been a deadhead over the years. You know, there's some rough and tumble with that crowd for sure. For sure. But uh, important distinction. And it was nice uh, to introduce Leah into that um, whole scene last night and kind of give her the whole idea of, of Jerry. And she's like, um, it was this guy, Bobby Weir. Does he, you know, <laughs> does he resonate with that community? So that was pretty funny. But um, uh, her, her experience of deadhead spinning in circles, par for the course. So that was kind of cool that we got to talk about that. And we sure learned a lot from her about the Vegas bar scene, about the refusal system, about being on call, about the tunnels. Um, like a doctor. Like a doctor. <laughs> exactly. So I'm actually fascinated to see how we expand upon that. And like we were talking with Leah, how we add uh, some additional color to this market that I think a 
lot of people just think is the Vegas Strip and party and debauchery, but might not really know the behind-the-scenes nature of this uh, this service industry here in, in Las Vegas. So without further ado, we have another unbelievable guest for you today. We have Javier. He's bringing with us the passionful daiquiri, a daiquiri of his own creation. It's got a little twist on it, some really cool ingredients, and I cannot wait to get into our cocktail history um, because I have some cool things to share with you there. Uh, but before we do, as always... Uh, a couple quick announcements. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. We are inspired by you. The reason Mike and I are spending our money to get out here to Vegas, the reason that we are putting effort into a new audio rig, and the reason we keep doing this show is because this community has supported us, and you guys have shown us that you want great content. You want bartenders all over this country telling amazing stories, and you want to learn about cocktails and spirits in this business. So we're going to keep doing it for you. But if you'd like to support us, please listen to the end of the show. At the end, Mike and, always, Mike and I always do a really fun, usually alcohol-soaked outro um, where we tell you how you can support the show, how you can help us grow it, how you can follow us on social, grab some merch, join us for a industry night happy hour, um, or even you know just check out one of the awesome playlists Mike is putting together on the BRP Jukebox. So please listen to the end of the show and support us in any way that you can. Yeah, and just a little bit of clarification on that. I just want you listeners to know that you listening right now is supporting us. I mean, the, the, those analytics go through, and that's how we can potentially attract sponsors. So, and, and it's something that Steve and I have talked about before. But I really, I don't want to sound cheesy or corny, but I really hope that everybody who's actually listening understands that you're not just listening to the show. You were truly help building this podcast and helping. To, you're a part Absolutely. of this. So, thank you so much for listening along. Thank you for telling your friends about it and sharing the podcast. And like Steve said, if you want to get more involved, there we're doing this. We're building this grassroots. So, I mean, if you want to help have us come to your town yeah, come exactly. on let's get a bar crawl going in uh in mississippi in florida in in seattle and a- anywhere you want to want us to go uh reach out and let's try to get connected and now that mike you know mike put it so sweetly there but listen motherfucker if you listen to the damn episode take your thumb <laughs> and give us five stars take two seconds okay <laughs> that's how we rise up the charts so help us out there i mean um, bartenders know how important it is to tip right that's, that's right <laughs> that's right that's how you tip us but um, and lastly, as we always say, guys, this is a tough business. Um, it, it weighs on our mental health, and a lot of people are coping with uh, uh, substance abuse, self-medication. Please, if you just need somebody to talk to, reach out to Mike or I. We have dealt with a lot of these things. We would love to be a resource for you. Shoot us an email. Um, you know, DM us, and, and we are, we're happy to listen. We are not professionals by any regard when it comes to substance abuse, abuse or mental health. So if you need... Um, so professional resources. Mike will always add those at the end of the show. Please listen in the outro. If you are struggling, we want you to be happy, healthy, and coming back to hang out with us. So um, check out those resources. Give somebody a call uh, and, and try to maneuver this because it's a tough business and I know it can weigh on people. So um, that being said, it's time for a little bit of fun. Let's hop right into it. We have an incredible episode. The second stop on our Vegas bar crawl. We have Javier with the passionful daiquiris. Okay, we are here with Javier. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? I was Vegas welcoming you guys. <laughs> Vegas has been a blur, but I had a damn good taco last night, so I can't complain too he, much. He hasn't done anything in Vegas yet. I went, I was out till 6 a.m. the other night at uh, the Terrace and the Hustler Club. We got some. We have a friend who's a promoter there, 
so they got us in. But uh, man, it was it was a mistake. I should have left hours and hours before I did. I worked there for a month. <laughs> really? As a barback. Oh, bless, I was gonna say you, you were on the. I thought you were on the pole or something. No, no. God no, God no. <laughs> Here's the thing: when they picked me up from the airport, I could smell the stink of despair on them. They just all looked like broken men. I just all I kept hearing is I have a headache, and I was no, like, oh, I wonder why. Not broken I men. Wonder why? Just broke men after that. Yeah, broke men. Jesus. A little bit of both. Yeah. But no, I, look, I love Vegas. I've been out here plenty of times for batch parties and other things. This is the first time that we've come out with a little bit more purpose. So I got off the plane last night, I think, at around 8 o'clock. We came right here and did a pod. Um, we hung out here at the house um, last night. I think we're going to probably step out and check out some stuff on the Strip. Uh, yeah, we're going to Fremont tonight. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, today is Halloween. We're recording on yeah. Halloween, so and, and I'm excited. Rec- yeah. You know, keep in mind, Javier, any recommendations you have as we go along, please point me in the right direction. 100%. I'll definitely tell you guys where to go mainly the people to see then places yeah yeah absolutely yeah no we'll save those for the end of the show but that's one of the things that i've been most excited about for this is you know vegas is such a tourist town but then getting to talk to the people who work here and know the industry hangouts and know the good spots to go to um that's been really fascinating to me i'm really excited to hear your recommendations yeah so, you know, before we really get into the meat and potatoes of the show, I want to just ask you, what intrigued you about coming on talking with us? Uh, the realism you guys actually bring to your show. Honestly, that's pretty much it. I started listening to you guys, and uh, it's great. You guys talk like no one's listening, and that's <laughs> those are the best times Here's to Here's the secret, talk. Javier. No one is listening. <laughs> well, you should have heard the conversation we had before this when uh, he, he was listening to Sam's episode. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And he was like, I was trying to picture what she looked like, because she was anonymous. Yeah. So we, we showed him a picture. And what was your initial take of that? I honestly just thought of Megan Fox <laughs> speaking every time she would say anything. And I'm like, yeah. Perfect, perfect match. You yeah. got to keep in mind now that you've actually seen Mike and I in person. You know what we look like. You you have to think to yourself, why would Megan Fox ever talk to one of these motherfuckers <laughs> or or Sam for that matter? But um, no, I mean, I, I really appreciate that, man. I one of the things uh, that I was so proud about when we first started doing this is I knew from the moment we turned on that first microphone that Mike was the co-host I was meant to do the show with oh, because babe. we have such a deep friendship and because we've always had a good banter. You know, he's great with the phrases and the quips and the little piece uh, sarcastic comments. And he can work with little space, which if you've ever met me, I don't leave a lot of space uh, uh, for other people to talk. And so Mike is such a good compliment. And I think we try to just be natural about it. We don't want to be really scripted. Yeah, enough, or enough blowing robotic. smoke up our own asses yeah, here. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. We That's something that we take a lot of pride in. So thank you. Oh, um, yeah, it's great. And we're, and we're excited to have you on because I think you have some really interesting stories. But let's get it started First, with this cocktail, tell us a little bit about the the cocktail that you're bringing for us today. Why you decided on this one, um, and and the name, and kind of how you came up with it. So, by far, one of my favorite cocktails is the daiquiri. Okay, I have it tattooed on me. It's my oh, go-to. You're not, you're not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's uh, Dak till death for me, and it will always be. It's a simple cocktail. Three ingredients. Three ingredients. Uh, you can't really mess it up. Lemon, lime, sugar. Being in Vegas and having those giant yardsticks, a lot of people think when you get a real daiquiri, they're like, where's your blender? And I'm like, my blender is always broken. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. A mantra on the show. (laughs) But yeah, um, daiquiris are by far my favorite cocktail in the world. Uh, I used to work at a craft cocktail bar where uh, we would get a lot of on-the-spot cocktails. And being a bartender from craft is, you kind of get burned out a little bit, you know, Uh, making, especially in one day if I have 97 cocktails to Mm -hmm. make from the top of my head. 
I, the next day, I just don't want to do anything. You know, it kind of like the mental health on that is just a lot. The creativity does wear out eventually at some point. So uh, this is kind of like my way to like numb that part where okay. my creativity is still there, but it's just simpler for me to fill in the blanks. Daiquiri, rum, lime, sugar, replace the rum, replace the lime, replace uh, sugar sweeteners. Given those three spectrums, you could just kind of like mix and match everything. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah, it actually reminds me of Trent. Uh, I was you read yeah, my mind. Go because, ahead. Uh, and if you haven't listened to his episode, he's a uh, New Orleans great episode, three hours long. We got a little fucked <laughs> up on mezcal, up, yeah, but sure. um, that was something that they were trying to do was offer all these kind of crafty cocktails. But all he did was, they, or his buddy and him just made a bunch of different simple syrups. So infused simple syrups. Yeah. So then they just make different simple cocktails. But then they're like, oh, this one's infused with cayenne pepper. You know, yeah. to just give them that easy space filler without having like you said to exhaust your mental resources trying to think up something clever every single time and the other thing that trent told us was look man i'm i'm crafting a lot of the time when i get off and i'm just trying to relax and enjoy a drink i don't necessarily want to port, put forth like this ridiculous amount of like artisan level effort into just like enjoying a drink so something simplistic uh, I, I found with a lot of our bartenders on the show, that's what they really enjoy in their free time or when they're out drinking. But I love that you you have taken something simple like a daiquiri and said, let's just put little easy flair on it to make it special, to make it something unique. So that's cool. So tell people, what, first, what's the name of this drink? Uh, Passionful Daiquiri. Okay. And it's your and it's your concoction, right? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Um, Passionful because I, I love daiquiris. I'm super passionate about craft bartending. Daiquiris are my thing. Uh uh, the different style of rums, agricultural rum is probably my favorite style. Funkiness, the herbaceous notes that you get when you smell it, is what draws me to it. And the simplicity of just having lime and a little bit of sweetener just brightens up the rum more. Yeah, you know. So this is kind of a, a little take on that. Uh, liquid alchemist passion fruit. I use it more as a enhancer of uh, citrus more than it is sweet. It's a little bit on the tart side. Okay, so I, I, I prefer I, that. Yeah. So I brought out a little bit of vanilla simple syrup that I made to okay. kind of back up a little bit and force the flavors with syrups. It's just easy. It's just vanilla beans, sugar, water. Yeah. You know, passion fruit and uh, vanilla go well together. Lime juice. And then I just added a little bit of um, from spice, some hellfire bitters to give it a sweet spice and mm. then the herbaceous notes of rum. I love this. And it's just a simple, still classic daiquiri. Hellfire bitters are always a, a big time favorite. And, and a quick favorite. shout out to Javier as well because he brought everything that we needed. So this, I can't tell you how much we appreciate that. It, it helps us out so much. Even he his brought, own mixing equipment. He brought a backpack. I heard it rattling as he walked up the stairs with all the glassware and everything. So thank you so much for bringing all that. So yeah. walk the people through each ingredient because we always uh, tell our guests to stock up. So what rum are we using today? Uh, we're using Dr. Bird rum. This is Jamaican rum. And uh, the story about this, I fell in love with this when I was in Kentucky. Which First is time, a weird place to fall in love with rum. A, it, gets, it gets weirder, but it gets better at the end. Uh, so I want a trip to go to Kentucky from Old Forester for making an old-fashioned. Awesome. We get there, and it's awesome. Like, I've never been. The most east I've ever been was Tucson. So when I went to Kentucky, I'm like, this Shit. is so cool. Yeah. This is so awesome. Yeah. I find the only rum tiki bar there, and I spent four to five hours there. I met this great Hanging bartender. Hanging out in a rum bar in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, rum Kentucky, tiki bar in Kentucky. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the only tiki bar and rum bar in Kentucky, which actually I just heard it's closing down after. Oh, uh, what's it, what's, do you remember the name? Uh, yeah, Limbo. Limbo. Limbo Shout out to Limbo. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, this will be a drink we'll pour out for them for sure. Babs Baker was my bartender there. and What a name. You should meet her. 
She is Put her one on of the greatest. Right now. She on. is one of the greatest souls you'll ever meet. Tell her, tell her right now. She's got to come on. Babs, if you're hearing this, I love you. All right, you got to come on the you show. You got to come on the show <laughs> and it. just tell. Her. She is like the greatest person. She's so joyful and just full of spirit. I Everything a bartender isn't, which is kind of weird. <laughs> At the end of it all, you know, she just she loves her community. Every time I see posts about her, it's always about her enhancing her friends supporting her friends supporting this supporting that awesome you know she's a great soul i love her so much awesome i love to hear that but yeah so, so you find way. yourself at this tiki bar you're at find myself at this tiki bar and we're drinking cocktails she's making them for us and we get to talking and i told her i'm like what's the, i'm like i heard of malort also this is the first time i ever had malort yeah and malort is there's a if i'm not mistaken there's like a instagram guy or a tiktoker and he like makes all these regular drinks, drinks with, with malort. malort and they're d- all I disgusting love, I, right? I love it he's just like i'm i'm gonna find the drink <laughs> that's gonna make malort taste great so i'm tell, like you try that <laughs> tell people <laughs> about malort that. because a lot of the people who listen are not necessarily bartenders so i mean it's uh it's a chicago spirit yeah that's all i really know it's but a, it's a staple it's a staple in chicago it's a chicago handshake if you ever go there honestly just try it for yourself no matter what anybody says you have to try it firsthand Absolutely. and that's pretty much it I'll i think the first time that. i had it i was five years old at christmas and my uncle slipped into what i thought was hot hot chocolate oh, and God. then it was hot chocolate and malort <laughs> did it taste good though uh no he <laughs> spit okay. it out on his white shag rug and he got really pissed that's, that's what his he fault. That's, that's what he gets but either way first first uh uh spent hours at a rum bar in louisville kentucky made friends with baker she introduced us to this rum I fell in love with this exactly what I love in rums and agricultural rums. Nice, funky, straightforward, high spirited. It's awesome. I get back to this. I get back to home and I completely forget about it for a couple of months. So uh, I go to this rum bar here in Vegas, and then I just I was looking at the bottles. So I'm just like, there's a fucking bottle that I need, and it reminded me of that. So I just scrolled back through my phone to remember because I took a picture of the bottle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to find this fucking bottle of rum. I Google it. Nope, not distributed in Nevada. The closest oh, place wow. is uh, California. So I'm just like, whenever I'll go to California, I'll, I'll go look for it. You made pilgrimage to, yeah. to get a bottle of rum. <laughs> yeah. So uh, every time I every time I would go to California, I go to a liquor store and try to find it. No luck. I went there about six, three months ago, and I finally found uh, a stack. So I brought four bottles. Wow. So this is this is even a little bit more special because yeah, you can't just go and pick this up yeah. at the gas. Which right, I think it's strange because I'm pretty sure the distribution passes through Nevada well, to get to California. And when we talk about some of the history, because we're actually going to dig in on Dr. Bird uh, rum and the distillery behind that, it does not make sense why it's not more common, just based on some of the information that I found about this distillery. So I wonder if they... Um, remain independent and because they don't have a larger um, distribution relationship they might be barred right now Mm -hmm. I think they're getting blackballed which happens with a lot of craft alcohol and craft beer and, and, and wine is if they don't have that distribution partner that partner owns a territory they can get blocked that's my guess. It's probably not so much on them as it is. Uh, it maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Distribution right now is a little bit wonky. Yeah, so, for sure. But you know. all right. So tell the people how we're going to put this drink together. So uh, classic specs Classic specs for my daiquiri, two ounces rum, the one ounce of lime juice, and three quarter of a sweetener. So for this one, uh, since I'm using two different styles of sweetener, uh, the passion fruit and the vanilla, so it'll be half and half of each. Okay. Uh, a drop of you're just cutting of, those. You're just cutting equally. those in half. Yeah, okay. just cutting it equals. Same thing. One ounce lime juice and two ounces of uh, rum. 
you know. Really tight to the like a yeah, classic recipe. I, I honestly think that two the two ounce spirit, one ounce citrus, and three quarter of a sweetener is like the golden. Yeah, the gold, just not general for any cocktail that I make. I try to make that the golden standard. Like okay. it'd be easier, like a margarita, Tommy's margarita, two ounces tequila, three quarter agave, one ounce lime juice. It's like the holy trinity of cocktails. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love this. It, uh, uh, what do they call it? The um, uh, the triangle theory of like the perfect, uh, uh, the most beautiful well, face or yeah, something the, like the that. Symmetry or yeah, whatever. There's yeah. some like a. Uh, 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 Famous math equation uh, lost the time on how to make I the think perfect. I it's called the, the uh, Fibonacci oh, look theorem. That. Yeah, uh, uh, Fibonacci, right? And wow. Yeah, the, there's the golden ratios in there. I've, yeah. I've watched YouTube, look, you know. Look, look <laughs> at you fuckers pulling this out. I, I actually found that out from watching uh, Criminal Minds. There was oh, yeah. a serial killer that was doing that, and he was killing people, but he was placing them in a certain order. Ooh. And oh. the fucking genius of the group, he's like, holy shit, it's the perfect symmetry. And I'm like, oh, they fucking... And save the day. That's, yeah. a, cool, that's a cool concept <laughs> for a serial killer, too. Well, so. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Uh, so um, why don't you throw these together? Let's start drinking them. And I know we got to throw a cheers up before we get into our drinking category. Um, thankfully, uh, you know, on some of these episodes we're going to do here in Vegas, we're pre-batching them. If you're making these at home, you know, it's not difficult, right? What you just really need to do is make sure you're following those ratios. This is not a super uh, hard drink, but it's a great opportunity to get, uh, you know, to get shaken. Right? And start practicing your shape. Oh, and you have your flair. I appreciate that. Everybody has their own. It's like a dance move, you know? It's I fantastic. actually learned that, like, my shape evolved through bartending. Yeah. yeah. And it also depends on what drink I'm making. For sure. And vice versa. But, yeah, when I first started shaking, I was looking at a, a video that my wife took when I was doing competitions earlier in my day. I was just like, fuck, I used to shake like that? <laughs> damn. Like, why didn't no one tell me anything? <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. I'm interested to see this color. Okay, it is it is classic daiquiri color. I mean, it's got that that really opaque, um, smoky, citrus uh, kind of look to it where the sugar and the lime have come together. Um, and, it, and it looks almost like... Uh, it looks like dirty lime juice, you know what I mean? Um, but it's a beautiful color. You can't see through it. So uh, if you're making it out there, make sure it's not too thin. Um, you may have missed a part if uh, if you're seeing this as a particularly clear drink. You want that that greenish, light lime, opaque color um, when it comes out of the Essentially, tank. if it's a clear rum, your, your cocktail should look like lime juice. Yeah. Shaken very, very hard. Yeah. With water. And you garnished it with a dehydrated dehydrated lime. lime. Yeah. Dehydrated lime. And I noticed with the dehydrated orange yesterday, did you eat all of those? after the? (laughs) I'm not saying you can't. Yeah, you can eat them. They're delicious. You'd be surprised people just, can I eat it? I'm like, yeah. Why would I put something (laughs) Something inedible in your drink? Uh, So before we toast here, as we always say on the show, do not just listen along. Drink along. Cheers, Cheers. boys. And we're going to pour this one out to Babs Baker. Babs and Baker Limbo and Limbo Bar. Limbo. Yep. In Cheers. So about her, she just won a competition where her cocktail is, I believe, it's the Nash, it's the state national cocktail now. Get out of here. Yeah, by uh, I think it was Knob Creek. She oh. just won. Really? Yeah. Well, so congrats shout to, out to my girl. That's that's, t- that's high praise. In Louis in Louisville, Kentucky, that your cocktail is the cocktail of the state. 
It's saying something. Man, wow. I'll tell you what. You that know? Dr. Bird does not fuck around. Yeah, yeah. no, and I've, I just wanted to say delicious, and I love the I love the bitters. Like, I love that, that extra... Like you get a little spice in the At end? At the yeah. end, yes. I love that about this cocktail. In researching a little bit, a bit about Dr. Bird, I, mm. I fell upon um, one of their master distillers' uh, breakdown of the flavor profile, and one of the things listed in there was butane, right? And, you know, that real... And I think you get this with some higher test, higher ABV alcohols. I know I do with something like a Booker's, for example. It's 126 point, you know, 0.5 proof alcohol, and it, you definitely... I mean, it smells like rocket fuel. I can taste and smell that butane that he's talking about. And not in a bad way. It's just so intense. It's the spirit so strong. Like the ethanols Mm -hmm. come really through. But it's also where it's not a bad thing at the same time. No. I'm not saying go chug gasoline, guys. (laughs) You know, it it smells where it's supposed to be. It permeates into the senses. Permeates. It's it's incredible in that regard. I I really enjoy this. Yeah, and it's still really easy to drink. And and you nailed it when you were describing it. It is the classic daiquiri with a very subtle twist to it. You know, it's not, we're not, we're not going too crazy with the additional ingredients we've, or, or how you've deviated from a classic recipe, but it definitely is a whole new flavor profile that we're working with here. Usually when I'm, um, when barbacks ask me how drinks are made, I always tell them, like, think of it of you working with Legos. All right. You have a house made of Legos. If you want to keep the house the same structure, but you want to switch out everything, all you have to do is divide the Legos into halves and then just keep the same structure but divide it so you have different flavors on top of the same thing, but Just essentially it's still the same structure. Yeah, yeah. the same you building know? blocks. Yeah. Still building blocks of everything. So as long as you guys have the same ratio and just tweak out here or there, that would definitely make a great cocktail. That's a great way to Love put that. it. Um, well, we're going to do a little bit of cocktail history specifically on Dr. Bird, okay? Well, our last cocktail on the show featured chicken cock, mm-hmm. okay, uh, bourbon, and now we're working with Dr. Bird rum. Uh, I found this to be a really fascinating story because we've had other daiquiris on the show. We've had other daiquiri variations on the show. We've certainly profiled a decent bit of rum. We even had some Velvet Falernum um, that uh, I, I'm trying to remember who uh, was our original from the bartenders, our first guy that we interviewed from bartenders. Oh, yeah, John. John. John, who mm-hmm. worked out in Denver at um, uh, um, it's a famous bar out in Denver that he had told us about, but that was the first time he had worked with Falernum, and we obviously profiled that on the show. But Dr. Bird is really fascinating for a couple reasons. First, all right, this is a serious high test rum, and we've talked a little bit about it. Obviously, just mentioned the butane, but this is considered to be a high ester. Rum, and that's a specific category into Jamaica, in Jamaica of high ABV styles of rum. So these are minimum 50% alcohol by volume, minimum. Some of them do start to raise into that 60, mid-60s ratio that you think of with high-test bourbons, moonshines, and some other uh, uh, you know, more crafted spirits, even like a mezcal. So that, that is the first thing. This is a rum distillery um, uh, that is making a conscious choice to say, we are doing a high-test rum that is not going to be for everybody. This is not going to be for your average drinker walking and saying, like, I love rum. Give me that. It's not going to be Bacardi. It's not going to be Captain. And it's not necessarily going to be super palatable unless you balance it properly. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you do, it comes out into a wonderful drink like what we have here today. So um, the second thing I, I thought was really interesting about this particular rum 
is it was a secondary product. So it, this rum is distilled by Worthy Park Distillery, and they are a stalwart in the Jamaican um, distillation community. They're actually the oldest distillery in the entire country. Um, started in 1741, oh, wow. uh, commercially producing, actually, Falernum at the time, crazy enough, was their primary product. And then they started to produce a couple different special batch rums, this one being one of their high esters. Um, it's now the pretty much the main product of the distillery, and they're still in operation to this day. So I thought that was just really cool that, um, you know, as we talk about a daiquiri, a drink that puts rum and the Caribbean and Jamaica on the map and it's that you know it's what we associate with that area of the world this could not be more classic as as a spirit to add to to use as the base for this drink just being the oldest distillery it's still in operation um in Jamaica so these you know these guys are uh higher end focused they want to seek out high ester rums. They now have three different high esters in their line, including one that is 65% <laughs> ABV, 130 proof. Um, now that'll um, light on fire, rum. right? Yes, you got to like that. So I assume that's one of those ones that you just, uh, you got to take a shooter of and then uh, you just got to run run screaming right into the ocean with your mouth. See, I'm already worried about this one because we've got two more podcasts after we do, this. We do, we do. I'm, I'm already feeling it. So. Sit slowly, people. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right. Well, I, I uh, that is an amazing way to, I think, kick off the show. And I really enjoyed learning a little bit about um, Worthy Park and about Dr. Bird um, and, and just how lo- how far they've come in almost 300 years yeah, that's incredible. of being in business. So, all right, Javier, we always kick off the show with what we call our drinking. So in the service industry, a lot of, some of us, you know, in the professional uh, levels of the service industry out here in Vegas, we use LinkedIn. But this is kind of your flex of, um, how you got into the business, what positions you've held, and where you are now, right? It's it's uh, what our service industry people uh, do to kind of break down their intro into the business. So first, what was the first job you ever got in the service business? How did you get into this game? Uh, I was 14 years old. My parents owned a Mexican restaurant. Okay. And I started off uh, in the back like everybody else. So watching. you didn't have a choice. You were no. <laughs> you're forced into service. My, my father was like, let's Compelled. open a restaurant. And they're like, I have kids, so I have workers. So I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, not to knock my dad. Like, my dad gave me yeah. the work-driven power that I have. Yeah. Probably today, I mean, now, is the, probably the first time in my life that I don't have two jobs or more. Really? Bravo, my friend. Yeah, I've been working. Usually, every every year, I have two jobs. Not because switching or anything, but it's just uh, you get stuck in a rut, mm-hmm. and then you don't, you, you don't put your passion into it. Yeah. And that's what I feel it's, you know, uh, kills a lot of people inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's how people just... Uh, just die in that position and they're just they don't they never move forward or anything it's just that so even having those two jobs even though some people would just see that as a lot more that might burn you out it actually kind of helps you balance it out a little yeah, bit yeah i i love what i do i can honestly say that i w- i would rather work 6 days a week and have one day off than have two days off i mean my wife would hate that but <laughs> <laughs> she definitely would hate that i don't I, ta- idle time and i'm right there with you man i i can't i I, I can't not be on. I need to be doing something, right? Like if I'm not at work, I'm working on some project of my own at the house, right? So it's hard to turn it off once you get into that groove. Yeah, so I uh, started off, I worked in the kitchen in my father's restaurant. I uh, prep cooked. I pretty much did everything you could think of back there. I cooked. Me and my brother would run their restaurant. He would be front of house. I'd be in the back cooking. It was a small place, so you could it could be ran by two people. What was your specialty? 
Uh, uh, back three fajitas. It was the restaurant was called. So we specialized in fajitas. Okay. My dad has a uh, Oaxacan uh, background, so we did a lot of Oaxacan style dishes. Like the mole was probably the most popular one. So you know, so tell us, and I and I'm ignorant here. Oaxacan. Yeah, from uh, the state of Oaxaca. Okay. So uh, he we did a mole there. It was pretty much a staple. And uh, if anybody is listening and has ever made mole before, knows that it takes days to prep. Is that just because the cooking process needs to be slow and deliberate? No, it's just everything that has to be prepped that goes into a mole. There's some moles that have like over 50 different ingredients on them. Jesus Christ. And uh, the one that we did, it was was around 15 spices, just spices in general, not including everything else. You had to toast them, bake them, ground them into paste, all that. It it was a long process. And then just to make the mole itself, it would take about a day to cook, you know, slow. Slow and low cooking it, but the flavors come out delicious. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, some of your passion for just craft in general um, in the cocktail scene was really born out of that early time of uh, painstakingly going through each part of that recipe and following it to a T and working over days to craft something like that bole? Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. You could definitely get that from there. I mean... I was 14, 15. I wasn't doing anything. My father was just telling me what to do right. in the sense. You I know? just, it was almost unconscious, though. You know what I mean? That, that those were the foundations of maybe where um, that, that, that curiosity, why you enjoy unpacking liquor in the same way. I just, I, I'm curious. No, I, I've always, there's always been certain things that I like being created of, but it was just never something I could do. You know, after high school, I went to college and I wanted to be a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. But at the time when I was nineteen twenty, there's no way in hell I could come up with all that money for my classes. Like, I did the graphic design class. I needed to have a, a laptop, and the laptops were like twelve hundred dollars mm-hmm. for an eighteen year old back in the day. Twelve hundred dollars is a lot, and that wasn't even including me paying for my courses or the programs yeah. to do it, or a place to stay, or yeah. whatever everything else. You know, yeah. so everything else. So I was kind of just like, ah. Uh, so I just kind of kept working. My first official job, like as an eighteen year old, as an taxable mm-hmm. <laughs> was at those caminos at the venetian it's no longer there but that was basically my stomach ground i love that place so much so yeah on that note what are some of the other positions that you have held you know you started in the family restaurant you get that first like legit job on the strip at the venetian mm-hmm. but what are some of the other positions that you so have? i've uh, i've been a food runner i've been a busser i've been a bar back and then a bartender i never became a server but honestly, a bartender is a server that can oh, yeah. make drinks. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I've worked all up and down the strip. You can you name it. I've probably been working there. Paris, Caesar, Caesar's Palace. Hustler. Venetian. Yeah, just working in the Mandalay Bay. So, so you're very familiar with what we got introduced to in the last mm-hmm. episode, which is union work in this town. The refusal system and the all on call system. Yes, yes, very familiar with it. It is, uh, it's a double edged sword, and then the only the only person that wins there knows how to wield that sword. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's. In my personal opinion, the union covers and protects the lazy people. Not all of them, of course, but the most that I've I've encountered where the union is that is because of that reason, and it's it never mm-hmm. really helped my case at all. Mm-hmm. You know. They set high tide at the weakest link, unfortunately, is what it sounds like. It, it, it's, it's, it's like having a lawyer with you at all times when anything goes wrong and your lawyer can't be beat. You, you do understand that you're talking to the large majority of servers and bartenders here that cannot conceptualize 
any type of advocacy in their their service industry experience. They work for somebody that could fire them today or tomorrow. There is zero support. Mm -hmm. And so I see what you mean by double-edged sword is that you feel like you have certain safety nets in a town like this. However... Some people are going to take advantage of that. Along with those yeah. safety nets are also an enormous amount of obligation and people taking advantage yeah. of that system. Yeah, the so. advantage of uh, taking that system to heart is pretty much what I think when I said it before that you just die in a place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make X amount and I know it. And if I don't move and if I don't take a chance, I know I'll have this amount always coming. You know, so mm-hmm. that's how I see it. It's wild. It's, it's, it's a wild uh, dollars and cents conversation when you think that the bar business is so erratic. Because I've worked so many places, I never knew shift to shift what the money was going to be. And I think that's a very different mindset in this town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's split in two ways. It's either union or it's non-union. And then mm-hmm. the non-union part would be your style of uh, that you know of where you don't know what you're going to make. You mm-hmm. can make. You can have one guy come in here and tip you $1,000. Exactly, yeah. And you have just great cause, flexibility. Cause, cause now, and you but, have great flexibility. That yeah. was that's and that's usually what's way better for for me in my per in my personal opinion, that if I need to take a day off, like for whatever reason, I have three other bartenders I can call be like, Hey, do you want to pick up a shift? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, can you work for me? Yeah. Hey, I'll give you twenty bucks if you take my shift. Whatever. So- so that brings us to maybe the last question in this section, and I know we're going to unpack a lot of your experience, but you know, I want to hear about where you're at now, um, and if you'd like to promote the place, obviously we want to get people coming in and supporting you, but are you union now, or are you not? No, I'm not. Okay. All right. So you're, you're out of that game, because I know yeah. you said you clearly have been but in yeah, the Yeah, I've been, I've been out of that game for a while. Okay. But uh, I currently work at Mabel's Barbecue by Michael Simon, Okay. one of the... One of the top chefs in the world. Oh, really? I, I was actually one of the original persons that opened the, the restaurant four years ago. Wow. Like pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. We were about to be two-year mark before when COVID happened. Yeah. But obviously, that didn't that didn't help anybody. No. After COVID, the, the, the casino that was in, it was sold or it was just sitting there. So we weren't sure whether we were going to get our jobs back. Mm. Yeah. So I had to go looking for another job when we, we were allowed to work. Mm. You know, so I had to do that. But the second they called me and they told me that hey we're gonna come back i'm like yes <laughs> so they survived they made it through yes they, awesome. uh, the Good casino got bought by another hospitality group from california and pretty much offered all the places that were there their respective place back that's awesome and of course they if they said yes so they called me back and i said yes awesome awesome is there something that and, and i apologize what's the name one more time maple maple's barbecue maple's barbecue is there a specialty there it's barbecue man is there one particular yeah, thing? What, brisket, what kind ribs? of barbecue? Yeah. Well, so everyone asks that. You know, yeah. it's it, barbecue. Is barbecue very, he's from Kansas City. Barbecue can be really, really easy oh, to sell man. or really, really hard to sell, depending <laughs> on who you're talking to. Damn right. Okay, and especially with that, so we have a classic uh, barbecue style where it's just like your Texas style, Kansas City, yeah. okay. normal stuff, and yeah. then we have what we call our Vegas style, which is our take on barbecue. So one one of my favorite things on the menu is pork belly burnt ends. Mm. So traditionally burnt ends or brisket burnt ends, right? Yeah. But pork those are just burnt ends. yeah. So that's just the uh, the end kits of uh, the brisket. Okay. You know, but ours is just literally a whole pork belly, smoked to roasted, I diced up, flash fried real fast, and tossed in a sauce. Yeah, and if you don't know a lot about you know meat cuts and everything, pork belly is where the bacon comes from. Pork yeah. belly is bacon. Yeah, so <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a fatty piece of meat, which is why I actually think it worked really well with the burnt ends because you're really um, you're oh, really cooking and, cooking oh, down and oh. uh, that fat and getting it to. Do they do DoorDash? 
Dude, can we can we actually? I think we found the food that we need to get. I'm not kidding because burn ends are my favorite barbecue yeah. part of barbecue. Yeah, but so. you, you do have to ask because also like in places like North Carolina, they don't do like the typical sauce. You know, you know what I mean? What they I they call, have like vinegar and everything. You know what else. I call Southern barbecue? What wet barbecue? Wet There's barbecue. not a single thing in Southern barbecue. It's pulled pork. It's ribs slathered with sauce. There is no there is no seasoned dry quality to it. You get south of the Mason Dixon barbecue. It depends. Is fucking wet. It dude. depends though. Like it is wet. Texas barbecue is more like Kansas City, and, and then North Carolina, it's it's like uh, they it, literally it's like different um, vinegars and stuff. It's well, not like the saucy they, barbecue that you typically think. And their of. thing that they love, especially down south, is is you know your mustard-based barbecues, your Carolina barbecues, your Carolina go. So do I, and and they're great on briskets and they're great on ribs. But I'm just telling you, it, true Southern barbecue. If it's Southeast, like East Coast type of style, it's always wet, dude. I'm <laughs> telling you, it's a thing. You're so not for us, like I said, we do a little bit of everything. We have four different sauces: your Carolina style, traditional Kansas City, and then what we have our Cleveland style, which is the what we do is uh, the smoked. Yeah, no, the sauces, our sauces. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have four different sauces. So you, it's always weird when you have to pick what kind of sauce you want. So mm-hmm. I mean, like, here's four yeah. that you can pick. So you be the judge of which one's better. And yeah, which, I love and that. What. I do love that. You, you know? need to give people options. So yeah. one of the things I want to ask you while we're on this topic, and I know I, I want to move on because I want to get us into the gauntlet, and I want to really start unpacking some of these uh, uh, questions with you. But um, are you familiar out here with pit beef? Do you guys do pit beef? No. Okay. So that is in Maryland, like, because I'm from Baltimore. Um, in Maryland, we don't truly have barbecue, right? Like, there are places that are like, we do ribs, we do brisket, right? But it's not, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? Um, and some places are okay, but it's not what we think of as Kansas City barbecue or either, you know, Texas, Southwest, even out here in Vegas. But one of the things that's a staple in Maryland is pit beef. And it's a giant. It's delicious. And it is delicious. It's a huge monster hunk of beef cooked like you know with the ribs on it everything in a giant smoker and then shaved down into the thinnest mm. pieces of meat you possibly can and like that pit beef and pit turkey are the staple in maryland and that is our our true blue barbecue and it's delicious it if you ever good. have a chance you to try it just yeah. about anywhere so if yeah. you ever come out to the east coast you want to try real like what we would consider maryland barbecue that that's what crabs we're... and pit beef baby. crabs and pit beef baby. that's what you need <laughs> crab meat and pit beef that's that's right there yeah right. remember you remember how we talked about how we weren't going to go off the rails we weren't all right episodes. so <laughs> let's keep it reined in here that's uh, that's awesome guys please go and support javier at at maple it, it, barbecue is it, is it maples or maples maples so maples is named after michael simon's bull mastiff dog oh really okay oh, cool. i great. like that that's a cool name too for a dog. So yeah, Mabel's so. barbecue. Yeah. Mabel's barbecue. He Fantastic. Said, he said the dog was low and slow, so just like barbecue. Oh, I <laughs> that's like good. It. <laughs> that's good. That's uh, some inspired, uh, inspired uh, uh, recognition there for his uh, his pet. But all right, Javier, are you ready? Because we are about to move into the gauntlet, my friend. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> Remember, guys, send in any drinking penalties if Mike and I get too no, sloppy. No, not going to happen. While we're, we're doing this, we're fine. maybe not on this. Sh- I do want to say I love this cocktail. It's it it really truly good. is. It's delicious. Every time I go back for a drink, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's got a it's, co- it's complex. It's but got it's, a punch to it, though, it's, Mike. But it does. Be I know. careful. I know. I'm feeling. We got it two more shows I today. Had a couple beers, though. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, without further ado, here is the gauntlet. Okay, Javier, question number one, pet peeves and misconceptions. These can be pet peeves that you have for your coworkers, patrons, just about the service business, or misconceptions people have um, about the industry. 
Uh, so earlier on the other show, you guys talked about uh, when men tell women to smile. Yeah, let's say it, yeah. You guys, you see, people know who I am. I, I don't show a lot of facial expressions. You got the poker face for sure. Yeah, yeah. so a lot of people tell me to smile. And really? It, it just gets cringy, and I'm just like... Especially if I'm in the wild and someone's like, smile, I'm like, I have 90 million things in my mind right now. Yeah. Smiling's not one of them. <laughs> well, I you like know? how Sam said it, make me. Yeah. Like, be yeah. clever. Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. I'm just like, a, I'm the one smile on that. I'm just like, make me smile. What if they just told you you're beautiful? Uh, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> now, come on. Only man. my wife tells me that. <laughs> and I still don't believe her. <laughs> she, she sounds like a wonderful woman. No, I mean, look, that is. Um, we talked last night with Leah about overloading, where guests want to have a conversation when you're in those weeds with like 15 craft cocktails. And um, that's one that drives me nuts because it, they're trying to be nice. So I don't want to be an asshole. Well, it's definitely a little bit different, too, because especially with Sam, it's like it was typically older guys kind yeah, of like, hey, 100%. darling, you're beautiful. You should smile more. That's it's their like, shit Fuck off. Quit, of tell me, quit telling me what to do with my right. face. So I feel like with you, it, there's a little bit of a different motivation. Like maybe they're trying to reach yeah, out and be the, nice. The, but it usually is like that. And I mean, I do have this really stoic face. My wife always tells me that I look like the guy from... Uh, Twilight, oh, as Jasper, he's always looks like he's in pain. <laughs> the guy that always wants to drink blood but self-controlled, she tells me, he's like, oh, you look just like Jasper because you always look like you're hating your life. I'm like, I'm not. I'm really content. I'm so happy. I just don't show it. Yeah. You know? Which like is, I said, you're, you're, you're going off. you got a million things going on in your mind. You're yeah. not sitting there just like smiling away like some lunatic. And I think people need to make, um, and this has nothing to do with the service business. This is just a general PSA. People need to understand there's a difference between being physically emotive and having this these wild and intense facial expressions like a Jim Carrey and being somebody who is, um, who is uh, emotionally emotive. Right, with that cares and is happy and is in tune with the people that they're talking with and self-aware. Those two things are not; they can be mutually exclusive, right? You know, you don't need to have them uh, working hand in hand. And so that is an annoying. Who, who do you usually find is telling you that? Who's who's you? What kind of person is usually telling you That's you should great smile? Question. Believe it or not, women. Yeah, women be like, "Hey, why don't you smile more?" And I'm just like. <laughs> I'm like, and, and I'm really a genuine guy. I don't want to give somebody a fake smile. Yeah, I agree. You know, because yeah. so everyone, like, everyone ah. sees that that fake smile, yeah. the fake laugh. Like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to give you a genuine one. Mm. And I'm probably gonna start telling people to make me, make me smile. Exactly. There you go. Well, tell me a joke. I I give the fake yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Tell uh, me a fucking joke. What, a joke. what do you got? One, Come on. A good one. I give the fake <laughs> smile and the fake laugh every time Mike tells a joke on the show. So I can't. I can't. I can do it, but I mean, people automatically be like, "You fucking, you fucking liar." I know, I know, I know. I think the moral of the story is quit telling the fucking bartenders what to do with their face. Damn straight. As long as they're taking good care of you, just tip them well and leave them the fuck alone. Damn straight. That'll put a smile on their face. And that brings us to question number two. Best and worst tips. Now, these do not need to be monetary. Mike, kind of elaborate on that. Well, yeah, these can also be, um, I mean, hell, it can even be something that someone said to you or an interaction that you've had or something weird that they've given to you as a tip that wasn't just, you know, cash. So I'll start with one that's superficial. I used to work at this restaurant industry. You're not allowed to give anybody medication because you don't know what they're they've done before. So it's a sure. hazard. So this guy was at my bar. He was sitting at my table and the tables I was taking care of. And he's like, hey, can you get me some Advil? I'm like, I'm sorry. Per protocol, I'm not allowed to give you any medication, this and that. He's like, is there a convenience store right here? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be on the second floor. He gives me $100. He's like, can you go get me one? And me being nice, I'm like, sure, man, I'll go. So I run downstairs. 
get him get him Advil, and I give it to him. And I'm like, here's your change. He's like, keep the rest. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> That's a good. Whatever bet. you need, let me know. <laughs> yeah. I'll run you need Snickers again. or something. I'm like, you want some twigs? You, you want Mucinex? You feeling stuffed up? I got clean it. I mean, what? <laughs> that was that was probably one of the funniest things. I was just like, okay, like how much money do you have that you just gave me ninety eight dollars? Forgetting you <laughs> that's awesome. I love there, that. There's nothing like those people that because of uh, uh, either status or their bank account or just how they they handle their regimen of drinking, they're just like, before I go into my local bar, I get two fifty dollar bills out and I give uh, I get two double kettle ones and here's your two fifty dollar bills. Yeah. Like you know they have like a almost a, it's almost like a system for them, right? You know. I, that, when that guy pulled out the hundred, I bet he had a twenty in his wallet. But he's like, "Fuck it, I'm yeah. giving this guy 100 It's, and it's what we call in the show our bozels. Yeah. So those are the people that go above and beyond. Yeah. Instead of just leaving leaving a good tip, they go above and beyond to really take care of somebody where, where it's not even necessary. It's it's kind of uncalled for, but yeah. you know, I guarantee he appreciated your eagerness to help him and do something that you didn't have to do for him. You know what I mean? And leave your job to go grab some Advil for him and just helping to make your night a little bit better. You know? Yeah, it was definitely uh, it was definitely different and uh i was really like oh my god i was really just halted by it mm-hmm. i'm like who does this plus it's vegas so he's probably I'm... broken it. <laughs> <laughs> he needed it he needed he it. probably needed it but uh actually um tip wise uh i personally don't feel uh tipping is a good way to establish anything mm-hmm. i if you don't tip me good that's fine if that guy next guy next guy tips me good that's great. It's it's all equal to me. And the end of it, I think it's all about karma. It's going to even out eventually. I love that. You know, that's. I feel like that's a way to stay sane in this industry, it's, especially in a place like Vegas, yeah. too. To not be worrying constantly about what. I, tip I you're know so from many people person. that just worry about money. I'm like, I need to make at least three hundred a day, or I'm going to get, or I'm going to lose my job. I'm like, wait, what? What? Why? No. Like, why do you need this money? Like, what happened? Like, you have a job. You have a good job. Like, why? Where is all this coming from? And yeah. it's always, and yet again, like you know, it's always about how. You don't know where they're coming from and everything like that, mm-hmm. which I just tend not to ask questions unless they're they're allowed they're willing to you know share their information. So that's what I think of it. But I mean, honestly, one of the greatest compliments had to be this elderly couple from Kansas City. Yeah, they came in. I can't remember where, but I'll never forget them. But I don't remember why they were in Vegas, but they were in Vegas and they were uh, the cutest like couple, so nice. They're sitting at the bar. And they come in, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, we're about to close. We close at 10. They came in around 9.30. And close at 10. And I'm like, what can I get you, folks? And I'm like, they're probably just going to have wine, this and that. They're like, can we get two Ramos gin fizzes? And I'm just like, oh, damn. <laughs> we're closing in 30 minutes. <laughs> closer, closing 30 minutes. But I was like, okay, no problem. I make it for them. And I made them three rounds of Ramos gin fizzes. That's me shaking for 35 to 45 minutes straight. <laughs> and at the end of it, they they, they, they left me 20% of the bill, which mm-hmm. is like whatever. But they're just like, thank you so much. Everywhere we go to, no one ever wants to make us these drinks. Wow. Like, well, if, if you guys don't know, Rainbow's Gin Fizz is a very tedious oh, cocktail. Oh, we are, we are well. It's been talked <laughs> it's about very, on this show. <laughs> very tedious cocktail to make. Oh, right? it's a lot. hate it. Yeah. I love to drink them. <laughs> I love to drink them. They're so good. But I'm like, I never want to be that person to do that to another bartender. Well, especially three rounds of them. Yeah, too, especially yeah. three rounds. But they were so nice. And I was just like, hey. And then they basically like, hey, thank you so much. Like we've gone, like we come to Vegas once a year. And usually we try to get this drink. 
nobody and wants no one to ever it. wants to make it. They for tell us. them the blender's broken, and then you're like, "Wait, you don't use a blender <laughs> yeah, for that? So, Shut up!" <laughs> they're like, "Thank you so much. Like you made her." That's night. awesome. See, and and I was just like, and I'm like, that's exactly what I like. You know, I don't, you, you could have gave me a thousand dollars. I'm like, that's fucking great, but. The fact that I made your night. It felt personal. Yeah, it felt good. It felt good when you just like, you don't know, like, you don't know what they were doing. Like, maybe they're celebrating their 90th anniversary. Yeah, exactly. You know, something, something else. Well, and it's just like you said, you'll never forget them. And I guarantee they'll never forget about you. They'll always think about that trip to Vegas. Remember that guy? And he made three rounds of those drinks for us when nobody else would do it. So, and I love that. And I I love your, your view on tipping and everything to where... Like you said, it's just all even, and you're just in it because you love the industry, and this yeah, is what you want to do. Yeah, I love what I do. And we've that. talked about this. I think you do end up with a better service and a better um, state of mind if you're not tracking every lost tip, every great tip. Yeah. You look <laughs> if you well, look at it as it's all going to even out. Yeah, so. and it's just treating people equally regardless. <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually is a great transition to question number three. Um, oh wait, never mind. I was gonna. I thought we were on ratchet, crazy customers, or memorable customers. How, how much did? What did you just like? Name I'm sorry, line I, that drink something, or something? I just got a tickle in my throat. I coughed, and now I'm way out. Question number three: Worst, there you go, Mike. worst drink orders. And this could be the worst drink that somebody's ordered from you, like a drink you hate to make, like for example, Remotion Fitz. Or it could be the worst drink a bartender has ever made for you. Or additionally, it could just be a drink that when people order it, you roll your eyes, you pass a little bit. I feel like you don't, you're not too judgmental on the back end of this, but whenever you get that order, you're just like, ah, son of a bitch. So I have one of each, worst drink order to order, and then worst drink I've ever had. Perfect. And it's not my lord, believe it or not. <laughs> so it was, this actually happened to me two days ago. This guy wanted a Top Shelf Long Island iced tea. Yeah. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> and and it's like whatever. And I told Do you him, want a few minutes <laughs> with I, your I, thoughts? So, to so think the ser- about server it. came up. He was like, hey, he wants a Top Shelf Long Island. And he's like, how do you want me to ring it in? I'm like, tell him it's twenty five dollars if he wants a Top Shelf. I'm like, go tell him first and see if he wants it back. He goes, tell him he's like, no, he'll take a glass of wine. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> that was the second time. That was recently just happened. The first time I ever had somebody call. For a top shelf Long Island, I was working at a casino bar. And the casino bars, depending on which one you are, they have everything in a gun. Mm-hmm. Liquor, too. Yeah, liquor's in a gun. You push a button, it registers in the computer right away. Oh, wow. That's you know? So they can tell if you're overpouring yeah, so they, and stuff. They, they, wow. it's, it's done over there, you know? So wow. somebody, it, it, was like a, it was like a nightclub lounge area. So that guy was like, he was trying to impress us, the person he was with. Yeah. And he asked for a top shelf. And, uh, and I'm like, fuck, how did I bring it in? You know, like, do the two of those, they'll do that. So I go ask my, I ask the manager. I'm like, hey, how do you want me to ring in? This guy wants to do a Top Shelf Long Island. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I know, really. <laughs> he's like, really? I'm like, okay. And he's like, just ring in every single spirit twice or whatever you use. Oh, okay, because like, sure? it's the well stuff yeah. that comes out of the gun. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, okay. And then, and I told the guy, I'm like, hey, you still want it? Cause it's going to be pricey, dude. You're at a casino bar in Vegas. Yeah, and you're ordering a top and you're, shelf. And you're ordering top shelf Long Island. <laughs> I'm like, I'll make, I'll squeeze that lime juice for you fresh. I'll squeeze that juice fresh for you. I'm just letting you know it's still gonna be pricey. He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's for me and my girl. I'm like, got it. Give him a check. It's eighty dollars for one. Woof for one. Cause I had to ring all of them in, and I put like grandma and ear in it. It was just, it wasn't. You made it as good as I you made could it make as it. good as I could possibly make it. No, you were you were transparent yeah, all the way not, through. Yeah, you're not. And how was what was his reaction? He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I told you, it was gonna be <laughs> I told pricey, you, bro. I know. Fucking told you. And he's like, you know why? It's fine. And he gave me his card. He paid for it. 
And then he tried it. He's like, yo, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, don't get that again. <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to order that again. Now, but Now, quickly, can you explain to people who aren't bartenders why ordering a top shelf Long Island just doesn't make a lot of sense? You don't taste anything. There you go. All the sweetener. All, every, it's also everything. so much booze it's in just, there. It's just it combined is. for nothing. Yeah, it's it's to it's to get you really fucked. It's a it's a drink to get you fucked up. To so. me, the other thing about top shelf alcohol, personally, if I'm you know when I go out drinking, I don't care if if you give me Kentucky Gentleman. Like I love. Well, it depends on I the love cocktail too. I, but if I am gonna drink top shelf, a lot of times it's because I maybe don't want a hangover, and that's a more refined spirit. Um, or I'm just feeling like I want to celebrate, so I'm gonna go top shelf. But if that's the case, I want to taste it. Exactly. Right? Yes. I mean, and, and I think when you're blending all of those different alcohols together, it's irrelevant. You're going to exactly. be fucked. Yeah. You're mixing shit. Yeah. You're Just order a regular one and tell your date that you got the top shelf one. Exactly. That's what you do. Exactly. <laughs> all right. That's, that's, that's an awesome. Now, you also said that you might have a one for the worst, worst drink somebody things. made for you. Yeah. So I was in San Diego. I'll never fucking forget this. I was in San Diego. I was meeting some friends of mine. Do you remember where you were? Because I love Ga- San Diego. Ga- Gaslamp Gas District. Gaslamp District. Yeah. Okay, downtown. Somewhere that was a rooftop bar. I was waiting for them. They're going to be like an hour. I'm like, I'm just going to walk around. I find this rooftop bar because it overlooks the pier and everything. I'm like, oh, it's cool. I go to the bartender and I'm like, uh, yeah, they had like a jalapeno margarita on the menu. And it looked really good. It was like mangoes, jalapeno. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. I'm like, yo, let me get that one. And I saw him making like he didn't do anything wrong. Right, he grabbed the chili, cut it, sliced two slices in there, muddled it, strained it out, made it, made it perfect, made it, made it the way you're supposed to make it. Mm-hmm. I tried it; it was the spiciest shit I've ever put <laughs> in my entire fucking life in my mouth. Didn't you tell me you're you were born in Mexico City? Yeah, but uh, that's what I'm saying though. But like, this I is can what, handle no, spice. This, yeah, I, I'm only asking you that because this is a big time endorsement, right? Yeah. Like, so I was just like. I'm like, did this food just grab a fucking habanero and threw it in there? <laughs> I know it, it was a jalapeno. And I'm it was just, just like, a special jalapeno. A fucking jalapeno hated its life and so, hated me. Did you did you finish that drink? No. Yeah. I there took you, a sip of it. And I was like, God. And I'm like, hey, man, let me get my check. And then I fake sipped it when he came back and dropped his check on me. And I paid cash. And you fake sipped like put your put your mouth mm, in the straw. But no, I got the so straw. I'm like, that's the thing about peppers. When they're being grown... If the, if the plant goes through a lot of stress, if it doesn't get water and stuff, it can make it spicier. Is that true? Yes, it's absolutely true. I, so, I know you you were cultivating peppers for a long time. Yeah, like so, making us different seasonings yes, and some salsas so, and stuff. But yeah, so uh, the peppers, the capsaicin level will get higher if the, really? the plant goes through stress. Yes, absolutely. That is fascinating. Yep. So yes. you're, when you said that that uh, jalapeno hated its life, you actually weren't too far off. Yeah, I guess that so. jalapeno had some depression. That's, man, that's why even, sure. even when they're canned and stuff or whatever you get from like a distributor, sometimes some jalapenos are very, very mild and other times they will burn your face off. I've had jalapenos before that like i'm chugging milk you know what i mean because i'm like i love jalapenos and no they just lit me on fire it was bad i paid cash and like i left him an extra tip it's like you said i look like a punk i was just like no i'm not drinking this it's like you said it's not his fault he took the time to craft it properly yeah he did it right and it was just that fucking jalapeno Mm -hmm. fucking one that's actually a good one i think this is the first time (laughs) on this category that we've had uh somebody's poor drink not thwarted by a lack of understanding of how to make it or lack of care from the bartender, or just miscommunication. Just an evil fucking evil, ingredient, An man. evil pepper, yeah. So That's crazy. Horrible. Love it. All right, well, how about number four? Ultimate mistakes and fuck-ups. These can be yours or your coworkers. Or other bartenders that you may have seen. For out. sure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things that I see 
One of them is like they grab ice from your glass. Your your drink's made. They grab into one ice cube more than they should have. And they grab their hand. And they grab it and out. Take of it there. out and then throw the ice away. <laughs> so the drink's made, just so people understand. Yeah. And I know what you're saying. The drink's made. There's like a big chunk of ice like sitting on top or a cube too many. Yeah. And they'll pull that out with their hands. Yeah. That was for me. Other than that, honestly, like I I know what to expect when I go to a certain bar, mm-hmm. you know? I know what to order when I go to a certain bar. If I go to a dive bar, I'm not going to ask for an old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a beer and a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go to the this casino and I go to this lobby bar, like, I'll know I'll get a well-crafted cocktail. Mm-hmm. So vice versa. So every everywhere I go, I'm always like, people plan their meals ahead. I plan my drinks ahead. Yeah. We were talking about that last night with Leah, just about, you know, sometimes if you get a bad drink, it sometimes it's on you. If you there don't, if you don't know conscious. what drink to order at the place that you're you at. You need to be self-aware, yeah. right? You have to have a consciousness of what is my environment. Yeah. And if you're, if you're berating some dive bar bartender about why they couldn't make you a dirty martini with blue cheese stuffed olives, like maybe you need to go look in that really dirty bathroom's mirror. Okay? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> that's all, that's there's no mirror, then there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's I no saying? mirror, that means there's a reason. Pull out your phone okay do a selfie and just and take a greater assessment that, of, that of how on, you're acting on that i took oh, we went to this dive bar with one of my friends and she met us there and she was pretty much a little toasted more than you should have she's like let me get a paper plane i'm like there's fucking 97 bikers in this bar <laughs> why would you ask for a paper plane and the guy's like, I don't know what that is. And she's a bartender. So she's fucking she's 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 telling him what to do. Oh, like, this no. is what you need. This and that. And <laughs> oh, then she's no. like, yeah. And he's like, I don't have any of that. He's like, well, you could sub this and this. I'm oh, like, God. shut up. Get, get her a vodka soda, please. Get her vodka <laughs> <laughs> and she loves vodka soda, too. So that's why I was like. So yeah. she got over it quick. But that's great. I'm sure that bartender turned around rolling his eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> you were the savior in that situation. Yeah. I love it. All right, Mike. Team up for number five. You were making swift work of this, my friend. Yeah. I have to tell you. Yeah, so question number five, health code violations. Now, obviously, we, we forgot to say this a few times. We did, we did. But go In ahead, this category, we protect the innocent. And the guilty. Especially the guilty. Especially the guilty. But yeah. sometimes we just want to hear about some of the gross stuff that you see behind the scenes that oh, most yeah. people may not know takes place. Most places I've worked, I've been pretty clean. Honestly, I'm not saying this has to be your violation. Too. I think no. this is a Vegas thing too. Like yeah, there's I mean, a Vegas, higher yes. standard. Vegas here. is like the health, the health code people in Vegas. They, they take their job. Yeah, they yeah, don't. It's clinical. Yeah, that it's clinical. Sense. You know, it's they they take care of everything. They, they make sure it's done right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of STIs being passed around on the casino floor and at the pool. I mean, I assume that at least behind the food and beverage counters, everything has to be up to par. <laughs> so that's I, oh, and the pool thing. Like I've been, I lived in Vegas for over twenty years. Never once have I gone to a day club. Yeah, because uh, what's it. the reason for that? Ah, uh, just they've uh, tested the water at Vegas pools, and it's like dirtier than sewage treatment facilities. Is <laughs> that so, because all the people getting in and, there? And they yeah. say they say and that they well, the people puke shit, whatever pee, whatever they want in that pool, and that's just like imagine they're bleeding, they're cut like, from being too like, drunk. Right? There's like a hundred people at one time in one pool. I mean, yeah. They all that's I think being generous too. A hundred is being that's generous. That's like on the low side of it, you know. So it's like doing that. With a hundred, a hundred times that. It's- I, I watched a sixty minutes report where they actually tested a bunch of water in Vegas pools, and one of the things <laughs> that they found is, is they correlated to hospital visits in Vegas, and it was something like three to five percent of the hospital visits every year in Vegas are because some drunk person swallowed pool water oh at, my God. at some wow. daytime pool club, and whatever was in that water gave them like 
E. coli, <laughs> gonorrhea, like you know, leprosy, things like that. So, pink um, eye. yeah, it's it's your pink eye. So just the the Vegas day pools are just well, a, that's, got, that's the health code violation. At least right the there. health and hygiene board is keeping up behind the bars. Yeah, I mean, everything behind the bars are pretty much yeah. thick and spam. But there's a, there, there's a place where I worked at where it wasn't like the restaurant's fault or anything, but it was just like kind of an older side of the casino where once in a while the sewage will build up and like come up through the crates mm-hmm. so there's been times where we had to close down because there's literally like an inch of sewage water coming Ugh, out. rough you know and so, is that just because vegas floods is like no i mean vegas does flood but this was on a different side of vegas okay I just curious. when vegas floods everything comes down the middle and uh you'll probably see videos of this but uh there's one part in vegas uh in, in the casino area behind the harris there is this overpass that goes into the sewage that is like Grand Canyon Rapids times five. Oh, it's wow. It's so Ugh. crazy. It's just like people try to go with their cars and they get like fucking swept up. Wow. Just really? Just Jenny so Lee gnarly. comes just, you know, floating down, just careens right in your car. I it's, bet Jenny Lee's like on top of an old like roulette wheel and she's fucking <laughs> paddling along. She's like, for her, it's like a goddamn lazy river. It's the happy she's been all week. She could take a little ride, you know, that kind of thing. Sorry, we were talking about porn stars and tunnels under <laughs> Vegas last night. Mike's favorite porn star when, he, fav- came, when he came of age uh, is unfortunately now, unfortunately now living in the tunnels. Hopefully. Or, you know, hopefully she didn't You're get... going to go meet her. <laughs> talking about that. Well, what a way to put a cap on this front five of the gauntlet. Let's take a quick little break for halftime, and we will be right back. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC PowerBox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC PowerBox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest-working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC PowerBox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com to view our product line. CIC PowerBox. Wherever you go, go with power. Okay, welcome back, Barflies. We missed you. I hope you had a nice halftime. If you need to refresh your drink, now would be the time to do that. I'll tell you what. These um, (laughs) passionful daiquiris are going down very, very smooth. And this Dr. Bird rum, my God, pal, my God. It is dangerous. It is. (laughs) Whoo! I went to go take a piss. I almost fell over. It has a little bit of a kick to it. So if you're out there experiencing that too, Get comfortable. We got another five questions of the gauntlet coming for you, and uh, and and just enjoy a slow sip on the back burner here. All right, before we get into question number six, as we always ask our guests, ranch or blue cheese, Javier? Ranch. Another ra- two ranch okay. in a row. Now is it ranch only? Yes. Okay. Never blue, no cheese. blue cheese. Never. Okay. How do you feel about blue cheese? People who eat blue cheese, do you judge blue cheese eaters? No, I don't. But I mean, if I don't know if they know how blue cheese is made. Oh, so here's fascinating. There's, there's some reasoning behind why you don't. Go like ahead. It. So there's um first time I had blue cheese, I was like, oh, this tastes really weird and pungent, which is weird because I like funky stuff. Like Dr. Like Bird. Bird, yeah. right. 
And then uh, I was working at this restaurant where we had blue cheese stuffed uh, dates on the mm, menu. That sounds so good. <laughs> sounds good. They're like wrapped in bacon and balsamic. Like, These are fucking delicious. Oh, my God. I'm like, well, I'm like, what's in it? They're like, a blue cheese. I'm like, blue cheese? They're like, yeah. And they show me the packet. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, I Googled it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's cheese that they take and then they put it in these caves in the mountain and they just let it rot for a while. <laughs> yeah. that, that's all cheese is? It's that just rot, delicious. Man. That sounds delicious. <laughs> I uh, I'm not in my opinion. One of the greatest things that I ever ate was a French cheese that is similar to like a a brie. Um, it's in between a brie and a cream cheese, and it has live maggots in the cheese. They're these bright blue little maggots, and they are actually crawling around. And when you eat it, um, when you bite into them, they pop, and they're like bursts of salt in the cheese. One of the greatest things I've ever eaten in my entire life. so yes i do love blue cheese but i i appreciate this about you guys this is what we talk about all the time on the show javier here he's a ranch only he's never gonna eat blue cheese funky cave mold is not for him (laughs) but he does not judge the rest of us blue cheese eaters and this is the critical difference leah last night called us serial killers for eating blue cheese i mean fair. it's ridiculous it's ridiculous but um, anyway, I appreciate the perspective and another little fun fact for the people if you did not know how they actually make the product. So, um, yeah. This yeah. is a good transition, yeah. and I'm sure that when I ask you number six, Ratchet and Crazy Customers, you're going to tell us about the people who order too much blue cheese on the side. But um, this can also not just be Ratchet and Crazy customers, customers. It can also be Michael. It can also be memorable customers, like the people who ordered the gin, uh, ordered the gin fizzes from yeah. you. So, Somebody that so, made an impact. Yeah. There's a lot of way worse things than there are good things in Vegas mm-hmm. when it comes to this. I have a couple, and what's funny is when I was writing these down, I'm like, yo, more than half of these stuff happened in one place that I worked at. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I had a feeling this was the category that was going to shine in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to work at a steakhouse. I won't say any names on that steakhouse. It's, it's a good steakhouse. Protect the innocent and the guilty. No. Mm-hmm. But um, there was this table in that restaurant that was cursed. We we all we all called it the curse table because so much bad stuff happened at one table and one table only, not nowhere else. It was, just, it was just that I've one table. Heard this. So it's a table. It's not a booth. It's not, Does it, it have? A, oh, it's a booth. It's a booth that uh, has half booth, half table. Is it in a? Is it in a corner of the restaurant? No, it's not. It's literally in the middle of the entire restaurant. Wow. Okay. So, so um, it's not. Like, it doesn't have extra, uh, you know, camouflage from the rest of the area. Nope. It's literally in the middle. Like it's dead center in the middle of the. No restaurant. hiding. No hiding. So it is cursed then. Because, I mean, so, if, you, if you have a spot that's hidden a little bit, you'd expect no, more not. shit to go down. It's not. So um, one, of, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things was uh, it's a group of four. It's Vegas, night out. Obviously, some people have too much to drink and others don't. Another knows how to control themselves. There's a group of five, five ladies. They were sitting down at that table. One of them in the middle was a little too much. She knew. She fucking put her head down and fell asleep. Her friends fucking left her there. Oh, bad friends. For an hour. She was there for an hour dead asleep. By we herself. Were, at by the herself. Table. Like, they all left. They paid the tap and everything. Oh, bad friends. So we left. And we were like, fuck, what do we do? <laughs> we, we, were, it, we were in that stage where we weren't that busy, so we didn't need a table. So you left her there. So we left her, like, chill out. I'm like, like oh. kind of just yeah. checking on her like, every Yeah, like, is she alive? Yeah, she didn't throw up? Cool. Fine. <laughs> you know, they left her there, and then an hour later, she wakes up. She's like, where's my stuff? Where are my friends? She starts going crazy at us. And we're like, they left you just to let you know an hour ago. She's like, no way. They have my phone and everything. I'm like, why would they take her phone with them? I don't know. Who are these? These are not friends, dude. (laughs) 
They um, so we told them like if you wanted to go to the host stand, and you know their number, you can just go and call them. And she did. She went and called them. They came back and got her. She started yelling at them. Yeah, I was gonna she say was there like, has she to be started a yelling at them, and then she's like, "Come on, let's go get a drink." She's like, "All right," and then that was it. <laughs> Let's go get a drink. Let's go get a drink. Okay. Completely forgot that he got left over. <laughs> While we are vilifying her friends, I can see that maybe there's a pattern here and that this is how Cynthia is every time they go out drinking. They're like, come on, what'd you want us to do, Synth? Okay. You fell asleep at the table for the third time this trip, okay? We just we had to teach you a lesson. <laughs> so that's is, there, is there anything else that's happened at this curse table? Yeah, this was probably by far the worst one. In oh my, my god! In my opinion, so this guy was proposing to this lady, his lady friend. They sat at the table. We queued it up like we had a DJ there. We the DJ had queued up. You knew that he was going to propose. He shared that with you. Yeah, he was like, "Hey guys," he's like, he, he basically he planned out the night. Mm-hmm. So he came prior up prior to the, the meal. Prior to the gotcha. meal, he's like, "Hey, this is this is my girlfriend. I'm going to propose to her. When we get entrees, her her friends." They're gonna be the, they're gonna be their maid so, of honor, whatever you want to call them. Like servers. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're gonna come in, and they're gonna sit down and have dinner with us, and then I'm gonna ask her, to marry me. We're like, all right, that sounds perfect. Like we'll, we'll have champagne ready for you, whatever. You know, we're doing a little, we're making it nice for them. Mm-hmm. All right. So her friends come in. They're like, oh, she's so surprised. Like, oh my god, what are you guys doing here? And then like they're like, yeah, we came to surprise you, this and that. She's like, why? And then like, she, like, she turns around, like guys on one knee, and like the DJ stops the music. <laughs> And he's like, will you marry me? She's like, no. Was it that quick? Was yeah, she was just like, no. Didn't say anything did else. She, no, didn't say did anything she, else. Sit, she didn't have a mic or anything. She was just like, she no. Leave? No. They, all four of them sat there awkwardly and finished their meals. Get the fuck out of here. I'm like, if I was if I was that guy, I would have fucking laughed. Yes. I would have walked right I out. Walked, I would have I I I ate the meal. I would have laughed and made her pay for everything. <laughs> What was the reaction of the rest of the patrons? Because heads had to turn. We were like, you were like, oh yeah, they're like clapping, and then they're like, uh, go back to your meals. Awkward. And then the DJs keep music. Turn that shit up. Yeah, like I don't want to hear this or see this. (laughs) You know, it's great if I'm that DJ. I'm going all in on the most ridiculous song I have in my arsenal. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of uh, Ying Yang Twins, uh, Salt and Pepper. And Mediosa. Ridiculous. Now, I'm, see, I have a problem. I love to watch um, cringy compilations on YouTube. Oh, he's, he's I love to a, watch. He's uh, got an addiction. I love to watch failed marriage proposal compilations. And I sent some to Dirty Tom before he's he. A bad person. <laughs> I sent some to Dirty Tom before he proposed, and he was like, "Dude, I can't watch these because they are they're they tear you up. They're, it they're is real. terrible. It's like these guys getting down, it's going, rough, you know, pulling out all the stops to try and propose to the woman that they want to spend." the rest of their life with and then they're like no now see usually what i've seen though is that the women will run away like they're like no and then they're just they just leave they run out of the room but they all sat back down and had dinner together at this cursed table yeah it was nuts (laughs) it's terrible it was it was horrible and i was just like why would you do that to yourself you put yourself through even more ordeal yeah but for the guy he's like well fuck i'm paying for this i'm gonna eat the goddamn meal i guess <laughs> unbelievable i would have been like i i, I would have just like fucking walked out do like you think- let me get a bottle of champagne put it on a table and i'm leaving did you think they put in the work to make it work i don't know <laughs> oh my god that's, and then again that's- i don't know if it was one of those improv things when you come to vegas let's get married and not tell nobody but that guy didn't really 
didn't tell anybody. You might not have it. Well, he he told the friends. I mean, he invited the friends. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. It sounds like the friends believed she would say yes. Yeah. Or they're just cruel. Yeah. They wanted a free meal out of it. (laughs) We've never been to Vegas, man. Come on, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I I have to ask you this. You might not have an answer, right? But you you started the story by saying it was a cursed table. Okay. And I guess my main question for you here uh, is: Do you believe? If they were sitting at a different table in the restaurant, she would have said yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it, it's just weird that it just happened to be that table. Yeah. Like there, there was other spots where it's like it's way beautiful. It has more because they were like imagine this is the cab. This is where you're sitting. DJ's like right here. Her friends are right there. Oh wow! So they're like front and center. Front and center, like literally in front of everybody. Yikes! I'm like I would have been a lot worse if the DJ like gave him a mic. <laughs> oh. like I was like, no. Oh. Wow, that's an unbelievable way to uh, to start this category. Yeah. Did you have any others before we move on to number seven? Yes, this one's kind of funny. So, same place we worked on. We had a private we had a private dining room. Closed doors for you know private parties, obviously, but it was a it was big enough where. We could put a divider in the middle and have two different little rooms instead. Oh, cool. Okay. You know, so that day I was working, I was working there and on one side it was a groom, it was a, a bridal shower, um, um, yeah, ladies night. And then the other one was a groomsman, you know, so oh, that not the like same, a recipe for disaster. Was it for the same group? No, it wasn't for, I, yeah. I don't think it was for the same group because they had the dividers on, Yeah. you know, so I, I was thinking two different groups, you know, so me and this, me and the server right here were, were taking care of them, and then we told them, "Hey, like the walls, like fucking, like a little, the roll up thing." We're like, "On that side is a bridal part, and there's a groom, you know." And they're like, "We're gonna ask them to buy you shots." And they're like, "That sounds great." You go to the guys, and we go to the groom side. We're like, "Hey, there's a bridal part on that side. Do you guys want to buy them shots?" So it's a bachelor party and a bachelorette party, side by side. Yeah, side by with side. A, with nothing but a thin accordion thin. style divider between yeah, them. Pretty much. So okay. of course, both are gonna say yes. <laughs> so like they said yes, right? You know, and it, it was like two, three shots in, you know, and then we told them like, "Hey, if you guys are feeling like it, let's pull towards, the wall up towards <laughs> yeah towards the end of dinner when you guys are done, we'll no. we'll, we'll turn the wall up." And you guys can, you know, have fun. Mingle a bit. Mingle, you know, <laughs> with Vegas. You guys are both to be, you know. So we're like, we did that. And we're just like, we'll give them 20, 30 minutes before we go back in there and see if they need anything. <laughs> so we're just like, yeah, whatever. We took care of everything else. We go back in there. And uh, the bride-to-be and the groom-to-be are on top of the table, shirtless, grinding and dry-humping each other. No. Hopefully dry-humping. All right, I didn't see anything. Wait, wait, really shirtless? Like both yeah, of them? Yeah, shirtless. Both of them shirtless. Titties yeah, titties everywhere. The guy was wearing this plastic horse head <laughs> while he was like dry humping her. And I was like, this isn't what I expected when I came in here. I'm like, I didn't this even know amazing. where you guys Sodom had. Sodom and Gomorrah has taken I didn't place. even know where you guys All had you the had to horse do head. Is roll up a little wall and combine the room. Oh, my God. And uh, I was like, I didn't even know you guys had a horse head. <laughs> Yeah, where uh, were you keeping that? It? it was it was nuts. What are the rest of the individuals in the uh, in the? They were just dancing match? around, like yeah, dancing fucking cheering. egging them on. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, can you get off the table? I don't want you to fall. <laughs> You've had like nine shots. Jesus Christ, that's just a strange thing. That, <laughs> that, I don't know, you know, teach their own, but 
like, we're both about to get married. Let's dry hump each other in front of all of our friends. <laughs> How does that conversation go? I would love it if the way the horse mask came about is if the bride-to-be was like, is there any chance that you have a very odd mask that you could put on while you do this? It's, of course. A horse, of course. I'll pull out, just pull it right out of my pocket. I got my rubber horse mask that I can was, wear while I dry hump you on a table. It was, it was really on. Jesus. So right. did they need anything when you went in there? Or? I'm like, you guys good? They're like, yeah, we're good. Like maybe more drinks in a couple of minutes. I'm like, okay. And I just walked away. <laughs> Do you remember what shots they were ordering? It's just probably tequila or something. Oh, okay. I was just curious if it was something embarrassing or not. Nah. Like, you know, a blowjob shot or something. Mm. Okay. Um, that's a good one. That is a way. That is the true way to shut down category number six and kick off the back five. Mike, team up for number seven. All right. So question number seven, fights, arrests, and fires. So this is when, as Steve likes to say, shit's popping off. All right. So the kitchen's on fire. This, where you, this is where you see what people are made of, yeah. Javier. So this actually happened to me. And I've told, this, I've told this story a lot to people, and they still don't believe me. <laughs> so when I first, start, first got behind the bar... At this restaurant, I was a bar backing, and we were really busy. This is a two-story restaurant where the bottom restaurant was one thing, and the top was a different one. They had a glass door that you could see into the kitchen, and they had automatic doors that would swing open and close. I was rushing out of the kitchen to go to the bar, and I was looking to my right, and I was going to go to this door on the left, so I was just staring out to make sure nobody was coming in. And at that time, there was a cocktail server that came and was rushing out of the door and, like, hit her head, hit her nose on my cheek and shattered her fucking nose. She shattered her nose on your cheek? On my cheek. It gets better. (laughs) It gets better. She drops to the floor starts crying. There's blood everywhere. There's blood everywhere. And I'm just like, (laughs) fuck, this is my first day on the job. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, what do I do? Do I tell anybody? And I'm like, of course I tell somebody. I'm just like, I'm just like, it's my first day on the job. I'm like, I just fucking almost killed this girl. <laughs> With my cheek. <laughs> my cheek. She ran into my face, man. And I'm like, God damn. I'm like, people are like, really? I'm like, yes, I'm not kidding. This has actually happened. And um, so I go get the manager. He's like, hey, I ran into her. She's bleeding. And we're busy. I got to go get limes. You take care of this? <laughs> The manager's like, what? I'm like, look up. And the girls, because it was like, they had like a walkway, but it was glass. So you can see from the bottom restaurant to the top. So you see this girl like in the fetal position with her nose, hanging her nose, bleeding. And he's like, what happened? I'm like, I just told you what happened. Now I got to go get limes. Can you take care of this? And that was it. Never never heard of the girl again. Oh, really? So never she, heard from her. So she, because you stayed working there after that. Yeah, I stayed. I stayed working. Well, so she never came back to that she spot She never again. came back. You traumatized that person. I don't know if you know this, but. I know it wasn't your fault, but still. <laughs> in, I actually don't think it has anything to do with the, uh, with the accidental um, bumping into each other or her bleeding. I think what it really came down to is inadvertently, you didn't know you were actually giving code to that manager. You said, I got to go get limes. Oh. Right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you see that? that <laughs> I can't. I, I tell Listen people, to the last episode and you'll get that reference. <laughs> I, tell, I tell people that. I'm like, why'd you do that? I'm like, to establish my dominance. Don't <laughs> yeah. fuck with me. And it wasn't that. Uh, I, I figured out like two months later why she didn't come back. What is so, that? Uh, so when you get hurt on the job, you have to go to a specific clinic for work rinse comp. Oh, okay. More Vegas shit. Yeah. So you have to go to a specific clinic, and the first thing they do is drug test you. Mm. 
So we could just leave it at that. So, yeah. So she was fucked up on the job. She was was. something. (laughs) That's why she ran into you. She she was out of it. Well, I bet if she was a lemon, she probably would have. (laughs) You probably would have uh, grown as co-workers. But we'll see. Is that going to be a new thing on this show? She's a lemon or a lime. Lemons or limes. (laughs) But last night, uh, Leah, one of the things barbacks would do when they were interviewing a new cocktail waitress was if the barbacks came in during the interview and said, we need to order more lemons, it meant she was pretty. If we need we to order, yeah, if we need to order more limes, it's because she's unattractive. So and, and we it was a secret. It was a secret. A, so when so, you when you're telling the manager, I gotta get limes, it's like <laughs> you know what the problem is here. No. So I have the same thing. So where I work at, there's um where I work at, my code is mojito. Okay. Mojito, which means there's an attractive woman. Okay. Up front. Mojito on table six. Mojitos for days. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yo, that's a thick ass mojito. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of syrup in there. <laughs> it's a lot of syrup. It's a lot, a, lot, it's a lot of bushel on that one. That is a healthy mojito. <laughs> I love that. No, but that this I love this so much because it is the uh, that secret you know bar restaurant talk where you can exchange a short little word in front of guests and still be professional and providing a wonderful experience and atmosphere. But really, you're saying, check out the tits on table six. You know what I mean? So I, I, I really love that about Sometimes they forget. I'm like, yo, mojitos, 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 mojitos. He's like, what? Mojitos? They're like, oh. You're like, yeah. Yeah. I drink that. Lots of mojitos. I, drink I would. That. I would. That's a thick mojito I right there. Drink. I'd muddle the shit out of that. <laughs> Oh, Michael. Well played, sir. Did you have any others for uh, for fights, arrests, and fires before we move on to category number eight, the Ocho? One one of my bar managers, one, he's cool, one of the coolest bar managers I've ever had. At the time, uh, I would I would work uh, brunch. I would work breakfast. I would go in at 6 in the morning, which is my start time. He was so cool. I'd be like, I'd call him like at 530. He'd be like, hey. This is at a union house, so I could say this now because I'm not part of them. Mm-hmm. A union house, you have to call in if you want to be late or anything. I'd mm-hmm. call him, be like, "Hey, I'm gonna take first hour break," which meant I don't. I'm like, which meant he would clock me in at six. Oh, but he'd I would clock you in. He would clock. He would clock me in at six. I'm at a regular time, but I wouldn't show up till seven. Oh wow! So I would basically take my my break ahead. So I would go there at seven instead of six. Are you working the rest of the night before this? Is that why you needed that? No, I was just kidding. I hate waking up early in the morning. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I just hate working up early in the mornings. You know, it's not my thing. But um, he was a really cool dude. And um, turns out he was doing some shady shit, you know, and uh, the company caught wind of it. And they told him, like, hey, right now, do you want to get fired or do you want to sign these papers to say we let you go? That you left on your own free will. He's like, I'll sign the papers. Signed the papers, which means nothing else. He went. He went. To, he was in the kitchen, in the back office. He went through the, through the dish, through the dish pit, and just fucking started throwing all these racks of glasses everywhere. Oh man! Just like tumbling. He's like, "Fuck you guys!" This and that. It was Out great. Blazing <laughs> it, was, it was the funniest part. I'm like, dude, we just told you yesterday we were low on glassware. <laughs> Why the fuck would you do this to us? Because he don't work there anymore. He work there That's anymore. a restaurant terrorist right there. That's somebody that understands where the pr- where the pain He's like, I'm going to hurt are. you where it hurts the most. Yeah, We've talked about pint glass grenade fights. This is like a pint glass nuke right there. Yeah, Just no, dropping no. nukes. Yeah. Tactical nukes all over the restaurant. He knew, he knew what he was doing for sure. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, number eight, uh, the Ocho. This is the sexy Lexi. This is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Tell us about when this crazy business, the friction builds to a palpable... St- state and uh and you know it gets a little uh gets a little weird 
So this has this has to do with a a famous actor. Uh oh. One of my favorites, honestly. People think he's overrated. I don't. Can I say his name? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Fuck yeah. Please do. If uh, it's a true story, go crazy. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas. Oh, oh fuck yes. it. Nicholas Cage. Yes. <laughs> I love him. So um, we we worked at. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I love him as well. I, I love, love movies. So What's your favorite? Give me some favorite Nicholas Cage. Uh, Gone in sixty seconds. Okay. Face off. Oh, face, face off. Okay. Face off was my favorite. When they're shooting the guns in the church at the end, that that gunfight at the end is crazy. <laughs> to dope. me, it's Con Air and everything else. Though I love Cameron Poe. Put your hands off the bunny. You know? <laughs> have you ever have you ever looked <laughs> up on mullet. YouTube uh, Nicholas Cage losing his shit for two minutes straight? No. Oh, it's just people make compilations of like his, his, yeah. his moments where he's like, ah, just lo- when he's like punching ladies. And, uh, uh, so what, wait, and I was gonna, just going to say, Wicker, we talked about it on the show. I think the most underrated Nicholas Cage movie of all time is the remake of the 70s horror film Wicker Man, where he <laughs> plays this private investigator that goes to this island off of the Massachusetts bees. where there's a cult. And he's trying to investigate this murder. The movie ends with Nicholas Cage. Don't, don't, don't spoil it for me. He's no, a Nicholas Cage fan. Have you seen this? Have you no, seen Wicker you can Man? tell me. It's fine. Okay. Spoiler alert. Nicholas Cage ends the movie where uh, the cult decides that they're going to kill him. And he's trying to fight his way off the island. <laughs> but the island is just filled with like young women. Like 15 to like 30. So for a good 10 minutes straight, it's just Nicholas Cage like roundhouse kicking. And socking pu- him. And punching like... 18 year old girls in the face <laughs> and he's just screaming the whole time he's just like ha ah, ah, ah. like ha like Claude Van Damme shit and then um, they ended up they end up murdering him in a pretty uh, amazing way but not I'll let, the bees I'll, I'll let that be a surprise for you but I love me it sounds awesome Cage. it is it is you should watch it today I highly recommend I will. highly recommend uh, but yeah this is him um, where I was working at we didn't. Uh, we didn't open till eleven p.m. No, eleven uh, a.m. Okay. We were doing lunch. Yeah, who opens up eleven p.m.? Maybe a strip club. Go on. Sorry. So we open. Uh, <laughs> so we open at eleven, and uh, I hear this pounding. I'm there because I'm opening, and I'm there like at nine o'clock. I hear this pounding at the door. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" It's like it's nine in the morning, and then I go there. I just look like this, and. Um, it's Nicolas Cage. I'm like, that's fucking weird. I'm like, I don't think that's Nicolas Cage. I'm like, no fucking way, Nicolas Cage. I don't want to be that one that fucking talks to him first. So I go to my manager. I'd be like, hey, dude, Nicolas Cage is banging at the door. <laughs> He's like, what? And I'm like, Nicolas Cage is banging on the front door. Do we let him in? He's like, we don't open until 11. I'm like, I fucking know we don't open until 11. But it's it's Nicolas Cage. Fucking, fucking Nicolas Cage. Cage. <laughs> what do you want me to do? He's like, I'll go talk to him. I'm like, okay, go. So he goes and talks to him. The manager like bends over like, real quick. Yeah, you know? I bet. We don't open until 11. And he's like, we're going to go to the patio. I'm like, the patio's not open. I'm like, now it is. <laughs> it is so for like, fucking okay. Nicolas Cage. So I was like, okay. So we're um, we're still sitting at the bar. He's like, I get him water. And he's sitting by himself outside. And uh, the bartender was with us. I'm like, can you go take care of Nicholas Cage? I got to set up the bar. You know? I love how we are saying both of his names every time. Right? <laughs> yeah, you have to. Can you go take care of Nicholas Cage? <laughs> yeah. Nicholas take Cage. care of Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Will Cage. you take care of Nicholas Cage? <laughs> so I'm sitting at the bar and she's she's taking care of him. And then she comes up to me and she's like, Nicholas Cage wants steak and eggs. I'm like, we don't sell that here. <laughs> but I'll find it. <laughs> 
And then it was like, is that it? And I'm like, he says he wants he, he wants sourdough bread toasted with butter and raspberry jelly. I'm like, raspberry? Really? <laughs> really? It's weird specific. <laughs> But I'll see what strikes I can do. I thought you were a grape jelly man. Yeah, Nicholas honestly, it strikes me more of as a marmalade <laughs> guy. <laughs> so he comes up and then they order. And I'm like, does he want anything else? He's like, he wants three bottles of Ace of Spades. No, no he's a, he's a, he wants three bottles of Dom Perignon. I'm like, okay. And like three I, bottles. Three bottles. I don't know. I'm like, it's you by yourself. But, oh, by the way, uh, he looks like god awful shit. Like he's been on a bender for five days straight. Of course. And this is him. Like you know, this like I'm so happy. And this is this is like the time where he's like, you know, I think I should eat something. On this five day bender, he's like, I think I should eat something for yeah. once. Do you know that? Uh, you know, like when you meet your heroes and they're not what you thought they would be. This gives me so much hope because this is, the opposite. This is exactly yeah, it gets what so I much better. Wanted him to be. Like I, I fucking love Nicolas Cage, and then like after this, I'm like, dude. Fucking God level. <laughs> yes, right. God If he would have come in and been polite, ordered right oh, off the menu, came in on time. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're not open. It. I'll come back in three hours. I'm like, no, no you fucking sit down on my bar. But you're all right. Nicholas Cage. So he, he, he orders steak and eggs, which we don't have. How did he, he order orders, Medium rare or just raw? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> but he orders like three eggs and he set up French toast. Shit we don't have. Yeah. None of that shit. None of this we have. The only thing we have is eggs. I'm like, how'd you okay. get it? We had to go to the cafe and like fucking. You like what Fuck yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know um, you're not supposed to bring food from other restaurants. Yeah, into it. I know. <laughs> so the patio uh, is also not open, motherfucker, <laughs> but it is uh, now. <laughs> so um, he orders uh three bottles of Dom Perignon, and I run upstairs to our wine fridge and I'm like, we have two bottles. Of course. So my of course fuck. you only have two bottles. And we're open like there's no other restaurant right now that's open but us in the cafe, and I doubt the fucking cafe has it has Dom, Dom Perignon. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, fuck. I'm like, don't tell him we don't have it, but open the first bottle and pour him some. Nice, good move. If he goes through it, if he goes through it, we'll get a second one. After the second one, then we'll start panicking, right? Yeah. And then, like, after you took the empty bottle and filled it with like brute. (laughs) (laughs) No, so he's uh he's he's drinking his champagne. He's winning for his fucking steak and eggs. And um, I walk by. I'm like, how's everything? He's like, everything's great. Can you talk to my girlfriend? I'm like, sure. He's like, she doesn't know how to get here. I need you to tell her how to get here. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I got the phone. I'm like, hello? She's like, I'm in front of the... I'm like, are you driving or are you walking? She's like, I'm driving. I'm like, okay. She's driving, and then I'm like, oh, you're going to make a left, and you're going to park, and then we're going to be here in front of the patio. I'm like, you can just go through the side gate, and you don't have to go through the casino. She's like, fine. She gets here. You know, she, 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 she parks, and then she's like, I'll be here. I'm like, all right, cool. So... Hang him with the phone. I give it back to him. And then he's like, hey, I don't know if this is going to be a problem, but my girlfriend got 86 yesterday from here. Do you think it'll be okay if she comes in? I'm like, what do you mean? It was like, yeah, she got kicked out yesterday night from here. I'm like, I'm like, technically we're outside the property. So I'm, <laughs> I figured you should be she, good. She got 86 from the casino. She got 86 from the casino. Yeah. So I'm just like, I, I, I feel like you'll be okay as long as she doesn't go in the casino. We're going to find this loophole where we're outside of the casino. So Is that common? Yeah. People, they're done. You can't come back and they put yeah. you in. And you, I know they have all the facial recognition software. Yeah, they'll, 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 yeah, they'll get you for sure. So if that, once you're done, you're done. Yeah, once you're done, like if you even try to go in there, they'll, if, especially if you did like something really bad, they'll like fucking... Before you well, even and you're Nicholas Cage's girlfriend, so you're yeah, probably like, you're Nicholas Cage. I don't think they're paying attention to whoever's next to him. <laughs> they're just paying attention to Nicholas. You Cage. must have done something, dude. You yeah. must have done something so, uh, weird. So, 
he's like, I hope it's not a problem. I'm like, well, it's not anymore because it's already happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kick her out now. So I'm like, as long as she's okay and calm down, I guess. I don't know what she did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what she did for to get kicked out, but as long as she's fine and doesn't do anything bad, we should be good. She was trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on. I apologize. <laughs> hopefully. Sorry. Hopefully. <laughs> So, um, what's the preservation room for? Delicious jams and jellies? Yes, raspberry that, that, jam. That's what it is. Raspberry. What exactly what it's for. <laughs> so, she gets there, they're eating, and um, he's in a second bottle of champagne. So, at the time, I'm calling every other restaurant that's not opened and calling their managers, be like, hey, do you have the bottle? It's they're for like, Nicholas yeah. Cage, goddammit. Like, Nicholas Cage, I fucking need it. <laughs> like, I run to the liquor store by myself. So, um, he's, he, doesn't even, he doesn't even finish the bottle. But um, they eat their food. They're sitting across from each other. Uh, there's a champagne bucket on the right of Nicolas Cage. And they're talking. The girl is on her phone, like, ignoring him. He's just chatting on. Like, everyone's paying attention to him, which no one is. <laughs> this is the most baller shit I've ever seen anyone do in my entire fucking life. And this is how he got to that fucking God lover for me. He stands up, reaches over the reaches over the table, snatches her phone from her, and throws it in the champagne bucket. And he's like, you're fucking talking to me now. You listen. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and s- just sits down and starts listening to him yammer about whatever he's doing. He, he, I don't understand. Goddamn Nicholas Cage. I, I thought I was going to be <laughs> underwhelmed. I don't understand how I'm overwhelmed right now. You're talking to me now. This is bad. Can you do a good Nicholas Cage impersonation? I can't. I can't. I, I can do the, the one from, uh, I can't remember the movie. I think it's... Uh, uh, what, where he's like, tits and ass, ass, anal beads. Hey, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that one, but uh, no, I don't have a great Nicolas Cage. He has such a distinct voice, but I can't quite do it. That's incredible, man. That is right. just above and beyond. Can, can you say what casino this was at? What about her? Like, I, I kind of am interested in what Nicolas Cage's girlfriend at the time might have looked like. So it was actually on the news, too. So oh, really? You can probably look it up. Her getting kicked out. No, not that. Uh, that day they got married. Oh wow! And wow. I think so, that, I think that was his makeup artist too. I think. So on his what on their wedding day, he grabs her phone, throws her. You're talking to me now. I, I, I doubt that <laughs> Don't wedding. Don't make me get the bees. <laughs> Three bottles of Perignon deep. And he's I'm pretty it. sure that <laughs> wedding wasn't planned whatsoever. No, they probably decided right after that. But like, you know what? I like you. We should get married. I'm he, like, that sounds great. Yeah, but even if they were sitting at the curse table of Nicholas Cage's. If Nicholas Cage proposes to you, you say yes. You say fucking yes. Nicholas Cage is probably the reason that table is cursed, yeah. right? If he proposes to you and you say no, he goes, I think what you meant is yes. <laughs> hey, try again. You're talking to me now. What size ring are you? You're actually doing a pretty good one. It's that frantic one. Yeah, it is frantic, yeah. Oh my God, that's incredible! I'm, so, I'm sending you that uh, Nicholas Cage losing his shit for two yeah, minutes. That's, that's hilarious. So, how does this whole uh, ordeal end? So yeah, so they get married that day. We find this. We find us out like three days later because it was in the news. He gets married that day, and then two days later they get it annulled because <laughs> I guess he sobered up. That's awesome. <laughs> Did he tip well? I don't remember. Yeah. Well, see, he doesn't care. I about was that just kind more starstruck than anything. I'm like, this is fucking Nicholas Cage. I man. mean, yeah. I could see Nicolas Cage tipping nothing, tipping everything, or giving you like an elephant bone. And Honestly, like, yeah, so, I, hey, would you like to sleep with my fiance? Hey, these <laughs> are Hunter S. Thompson's ashes, man. I'm pretty sure I have a picture of him that day. Oh, oh my God, if you do. If, if you do. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. If you do, don't tease like, me. Like we were, um, there was the guests sitting in the patio bar, 
at we, the time. And I was just running back. This was after we opened. We were actually open now. Because he sat there for almost four or five hours. So other guests are coming in now. So it's, we opened and people want to sit in the patio. We're like, fuck it. I mean, like, might as well just open it now. So people are outside. They go to the bar. And there's a couple. And they're like, is that Nicolas Cage? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And they're like, can we take a picture of him? I'm like, do you see him? Do you think he fucking take a picture with you? Yeah, here's the other thing. That's like swimming without a lifeguard at some random hotel at your own fucking risk. At your own yeah, exactly. risk. You so, don't uh, ask permission from the fucking bartender. Have, I got to say, we've asked this question number eight a million times. It's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't think any answer has been more fitting to the category. Yeah. Than well, this isn't just Nicholas for Cage this episode. It's, it's not sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's oh, sex, it is. No, though. it's sex, drugs, rock and roll, and Nick. Nicholas fucking Cage. Yeah, Nicholas fucking Cage, man. <laughs> Drinking Don Perignon, eating steak and eggs. And I, I appreciate that he's the sunny side up, man. I'm the same one. So. All right. Number nine, bar hazing, pranks, and games. And and elaborate on this, Michael. Well, this is our favorite uh, category, personally, me and Steve, just because, um, you know, that, that stuff you do to initiate the new people uh, into the workplace or maybe those things that you do whenever you're kind of bored behind the bar and you have a game. Uh, just to pass the time. Yeah, just to pass the time, you know, camaraderie kind of stuff. Um, the chili everything? Put chilies in everything? Chili in everything. I'm explained. not familiar. So basically where I used to work at on Dos Caminos. This sounds like some Southwest shit. <laughs> You would, if you left your water bottle or oh. any kind of water thing, what they do is they'll put chili in it, so when you drink it, it's fucking spicy. And you did this too, right? Yeah. I'll so you said day. you believed in karma. This is why that fucking jalapeno fucking came years, for you at that bar. Years of torture and got back to <laughs> yeah, you at one time. All in San Diego. <laughs> but, um, bar. There was a, it was basically if you left your water bottle or whatever open, mm. your, your open game. So uh, one of the chefs grabbed a habanero. And this guy is like, I'll be smart. Like, I'm not going to use a straw. I'm like, cool. You think you're safe? Chef took the lid off his thing and then like rubbed habaneros all over the rim of it. Just the rim, right? Just the rim. Yeah. So when he fucking drank out of it, he's like, oh, it's like, oh, he had this giant red marks on the edge of it. Like fucking. <laughs> like Joker. Like the fucking Joker. <laughs> you know how I got these scores. <laughs> fucking that was uh, me as Nicolas Cage playing the Joker. Did you like that? Yeah, I like that. That was, good. <laughs> that was, that was actually a really good one, too. Thanks. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was that they would just put chilies and everything. They'll like dice up chilies and put it in your straw. So you fucking oh my god, dude! We worked in a Mexican restaurant. We had habaneros. This is evil, dude. So that's what they would do. Then they pie you on your birthday. So we've been doing. We've been doing. Wait, what? What do you mean they pie you on your birthday? So they just do they tell you like no, you know it's coming. No, you know it's coming. Cream pie like whipped cream. Yeah, yeah, it would be just whipped cream and on a plastic plate, and they just like smack your face with it. Yeah, it's not more pie; it it's just a, more getting hit in the face with the pie. Is it a surprise though? Yeah, it's out of like you know what's happening. You just don't know when it's happening. Oh, that's dude, the And that was like the whole thing. It was like you're on pins and needles the entire yeah. fucking day. When, <laughs> I when love is that. It gonna, when is just it like gonna when is it gonna happen? When is it gonna happen? It's when funny happen? though because this is for me a throwback all the way to what episode two with your brother. Yeah, because one of the things that they do was they would he would fucking take jalapenos and shit and rub them all over the straw of yeah. uh, their coworker. Yeah. And then the way that they'd get them, they'd be like, did you guys do something to my drink? It's really spicy. And then they'd take a different straw and taste it. And they'd be like, no, it's fine. I don't taste anything. But it was on the straw. Yes. So I just yes. kind of come, I, I, come, I come do, back full circle I do there. vaguely remember yeah. that one. <laughs> That's great. That's, that is hilarious. I, I got to say, um, you know, all in all, uh, spicy pranks are always good because it really gets somebody. We, you know, 
I feel like there have been a million ones over the years. Uh, I, I talked about one at my first place, Mandy Family Restaurant, where people used to take cayenne pepper and all these other spicy peppers in hot sauce, and, and they dip toothpick tops mm. in them, and then they come by you, and they just prick you with it. And then that little prick would just be go, Burning. go on fire. That was always uh, an annoying there, there one. There was one where there was this, uh, this buster that was with me. He'd always fuck around and put his name on the tip, le- tip sheet twice. And at the time, the restaurant was huge. So there was like 12 of us. So the guy that would close would do all the money for everybody. You need to go down the list and whatever, how many people was divided. Divided by, he put himself twice. And I would just have to redo the money over and over again. And oh, I fucking hate it. what a fucker. So I told him one time, like, stop doing that, all right? He's like, okay. And then he did it one last time. And I was like, fuck this dude. So I'm like, Did, did right. he ever actually get paid double? No. Okay, I'm just <laughs> making sure. I would have to, I'd, I'd have to, like, double and triple check everything. Yeah. Because of this fucking asshole. So one day I got, I told him, like, hey, don't fucking do that again, man. I don't like doing the money all over. Mm. After it's divided and then put in envelopes. It's kind of, it's not really even a funny prank. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, it's just fucking dumb. Yeah. yeah. So I'm tired. Like, yeah. So I was like, okay. And I told him, don't do it again. He did it again. And I go to the manager, like, hey, so and so is being a fucking asshole. Is there something I could, I'm like, can I do this to him? And he's like, so I told him, can I give him his money in quarters? No. <laughs> and the guy's like, the manager's like, yeah, but I don't have enough quarters. You can just go to the bank. So I go to the, go to the casino bank. I'm like, I need $150 in quarters. <laughs> Brilliant. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And like, they give you the rolls. I'm like, no, I fucking broke all the rolls. <laughs> Good for you. I'm like, Good I broke all the fucking rolls. Would you, would you give it to him in like, please tell me it was like a plastic grocery bag. Yeah, like it was. It was a plastic yeah. grocery bag. <laughs> oh, perfect. So, perfect. Uh, Fuck you, he, asshole. He, he, he came coming. in the next day and he's like, oh, where's my money? And I'm like, oh, dude, I got your money right here. And I grabbed my backpack and like, I pulled it out and I fucking dropped it on the table. I'm like, here you go. Keep putting your name on that fucking tip sheet. And twice. then he's like. I'm going to tell the manager. I'm like, I got approved by the manager. I you can't told do the shit. Manager. I'm like, don't fuck with me again. I'm going to put it in fucking pennies. <laughs> I love and that. He's like, is it all my money? I'm like, yes, it's $150 in quarters. Count it, bitch. Count it if you want to, but I'm telling you, it's $150. I broke out the rolls, roll by roll. It's <laughs> yeah, $150 in quarters. Like, no. yeah. Just look up how much a quarter weighs and weigh it. <laughs> there you go. That's outstanding. That is outstanding. Yeah, don't, don't do that to me. That's Bravo. Great. I love it. Brother. So that's it's funny too because if you think you're a prankster and you think you're mischievous, you prank the wrong person, you're gonna get it back tenfold. So just be careful. No doubt, no doubt. All right, number ten, firing and quitting stories, or as we affectionately call this category, getting eighty sixth. So do you guys know what the story about eighty six and how it means? I I think I may have looked it up once, but I cannot remember what it is. So actually, um, I was with a bunch of bartenders one day, and uh, we were doing world class, and we were having dinner, and then I don't know why I thought about it. I'm like, hey. Why is it called 86? Because mm-hmm. I have a version of why it's called 86, and it makes sense. But then other people had another one, but it also makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. So in Vegas, back in the day, Vegas wasn't as big, right? It was run by the mob. So what they would do is they... It was. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was run by the mob. And uh, since Vegas wasn't as big, it was pretty much desert all around you. So what they would do is they'd take you eight miles out and six feet under. Oh, shit. You're, wow. you're 86. Eight miles out and six feet is under. Is that really where it comes from? That's from. That's what I've heard that's from. Like and it makes sense because, yeah. It's that's a good one up. for Vegas. Yeah, that's a good like one for Vegas. And then uh, somebody else told me the same thing, that there was a, a speakeasy back in the Prohibition days in New York City. 
and it was on 8th Street, 8th and 6th Street or something like that, I believe. And the place was called 86, but it was a speakeasy, so you can only you can only tell them a secret code, and mm-hmm. they tell you that's where you would get your alcohol. Mm-hmm. So that's what, like, oh, you want to get 86th. Okay. You go get your at the corner 8th and 6th, but you have to talk to the right guy. I gotcha. So I'm just like, okay, that's cool. That's kind of cool. It makes sense. On that side, you know, I like the mafia version better. Yeah, they take eight miles out and six feet, feet deep. deep. There it is. Like, yes, that's cool. I'm like, I like mine better too. And yeah. it's the true sentiment of getting 86. Yeah, too, it's right? gone. Like, you're, you're gone. You're done. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> We're burying you in the desert. <laughs> Have you ever seen any? I mean, you, you told a great one where the guy's pulling down the dish racks with the. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. I, I mean, have you ever seen any other really intense, um, you know, quitting stories? Not really. Somebody go out in a blaze. No, not really. Just because um, there's security everywhere. We work in casinos. So ah, fair should, enough. If you if you get if you if you get out fired, line. unless yeah. you're fucking Nicholas Cage, unless you're fucking Nicholas Cage, you know. <laughs> but if you if you get fired from someplace, ninety percent of the time they'll have security escort you out. Yeah. Well, hold on. The pros, if, the by person, the way, I meant I've been unless you're was fucking that's Nicolas what I meant. Cage in, got unless you're fucking Nicholas Cage or unless you're fucking Nicholas. Yeah. But fucking if you're just fucking Nicholas Cage, true. it's so true. If you're fucking Nicholas Cage, or if you're fucking Nicholas Cage, she got eighty six and she got back in. You are. Fucking Nicholas Cage, you're fine. But if you're just fucking Nicholas Cage, she got back in, man. <laughs> I think enough. it stands. Loopholes. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. But yeah, usually uh, when you get fired from places and casinos, they'll have security escort you out. Yeah. Mm. So usually there is no trouble. There's no with. option. No opportunity. But, uh, for it, and yeah. casino security. These are pros. These, these are, are big boys. These are big, big dudes. Big my loving dudes. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I can only imagine. Some scary motherfuckers. Yeah. I would love to see one of them get 86. <laughs> we need extra security for the security that we need to remove. That would be Nicholas Cage shows up. <laughs> like, I've got I'll, this. I'll drop it. Writing. Honestly, the only time I quit was uh, I was working this festival that was in Vegas. They told us, like, oh, I'll be here at 6 in the morning. We're going to set up. I'm like, cool, no problem. It's no, it's no issue. Like, You got to set up. You got to set up. It's fine. So we're there at 6 in the morning. It was a fucking shit show. Like the worst unorganized shit show in the world. We had to basically walk a mile back and forth to get things left and right just to build a bar. And then we finally built a bar. We didn't have no power to it. Yeah, we didn't have anything, right? And it was a it was a whole day festival. Started at ten. We were there at six. We still haven't even finished setting up by the time it started. So there was people already coming in left and right. So we're just like, what do we do? I'm like, we gotta keep fucking trying to make it work. And then eventually it was around four o'clock in the afternoon, and we finally get power. And we're just like beforehand, we've just been using our own cash, we're like cash only, cash only, cash only, cash only. Oh yeah, because it, it was change. supposed to be like a credit card. Yeah, or something supposed to be like a that, credit yeah. card. So we oh, didn't wow, have so any you're power. Using your own, we were your doing own our own money. cash. Everyone wow. like, keep track of how much you put in, and then after that, we'll fucking yeah. take it out of the tips. Oh, that's rough. And you're back. That's it was rough. horrible. There was like uh, there was one performer that I wanted to see, so I told him like, "Hey, he's the last. He's the headliner. I'm not gonna take a break. I'm not gonna go to. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm gonna stay here and work. But when that guy comes on stage, I'm fucking leaving. Who is the artist? A J Cole. Yeah. Oh, Jermaine Cole. Jermaine Cole, <laughs> the greatest that's yeah. ever done it. 2020 tour. Oh my God. I wow. Wow, yeah. the the jealousy that is washing over it was me right so now. So dope. So I had like a wrist, I had a worker's wristband. So I went straight to the front. <sighs> you bastard. Like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> you. It bastard. was fucking great, but um, whatever. The first day, um, they told us like, hey, everyone's sharing their tips. Everyone's getting paid exactly the same amount, except for VIP. They keep their own stuff. I'm like, all right, whatever. 
So we do our, but they do our money and everything. We get sixty four dollars a person for the entire day. For the entire fucking day. Oh, woof. And I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. And everyone's fucking mad, right? And they're like, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll include VIPs area too. So they had to redo the money all over again. And they and it dropped down to sixty two dollars. <laughs> I'm like, how is that even possible? That means you guys didn't do shit. <laughs> what what in the world? Like this So is, after that I'm just like and like it was just, What festival is this? It was what? a day in Vegas. Jesus. So um so after that and they're like it was like two in the clock in the morning we were leaving. They're like, Hey guys, remember we'll be back at six for setup? No. <laughs> didn't go back at all. I got to see J. Cole, though, so I was like, ah, fucking <laughs> not a bad... How many other people do you think bailed? Oh, a lot. A lot oh. more people bailed. Wow. And it's a mass 86. Yeah. yeah. That's a, it's, it's well, a, you can't set it up to where it's already a mess. The people are already have to, having to make sacrifices just to make it work, me. and then you don't pay them well. Yeah, what do you, What the fuck do you expect? That's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's a basic math equation right yeah. there. You ain't going to get uh, any loyalty. But unbelievable, Javier. You... you Wow, I think you singed my eyebrows with the Nicholas Cage story. I'm, I'm going to have to recover for these next two pods today. Holy shit. What a way to shut down the second half of the gauntlet. Bravo, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We have a few more questions before we're going to get you out of here. We always like to do our cleanup section. We call it our How's Our Driving. This is where you get to take over the show and give us your recommendations. So we would love recommendations for food, drink, restaurants, um, questions we need to answer, you know, need to be asking on the show. Anything that you'd like to recommend about Vegas? Or, Any plugs or anything like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, Vegas is such a melting pot of everything. I love it so much. You can eat anywhere. You can eat anything, any kind of food at any certain time. So it's like, it's whatever you want. It's, it's that's the probably the hardest part is trying to narrow everything Pick your down. Flavor, yeah. Pick whatever you want, you know. But uh, if you want Italian food, honestly, uh, Esther's Kitchen downtown on the Arts District. Phenomenal food by James Tree. He's a chef. Such a great atmosphere. Uh, looking for beer, Silver Stamp is the best place to go. Uh, pretty okay, where much, is that located? It's in the Arts District. So the Arts okay. District is the Fremont Street for locals. Yeah. It's not so bushy with all the tourists in it's more locally locally so, driven so anyway i don't mean to interrupt but when you say that so fremont street was the original vegas strip yeah. and that's where i typically like to golden go because nugget, it's, the golden nugget you can yeah. think of as you all the old movies with, like casino yeah. and you can walk around with your drink they, they've got a, a yeah, canopy, giant canopy over, thing over but what you're saying is the arts district is the fremont street for the locals yeah so it's uh it's going to be before you if you're driving towards fremont street it's going to be before you hit fremont street but it's okay. right now like adjacent uh so fremont. honestly where I tell people if they want to do that, they have to go to Abel Baker Brewery, which is a great brewery there, by the way. If you go from there and get dropped off at an Uber, everything down the street from there is where the Arts District is. Okay. So that's the starting point. I tell people to go there, go to Abel Baker, get some beers, and then from there, Google, walk, and there's walk, everything. Walk into it. Everything's walking distance. And that's and cool. that's close to Fremont Street yeah. as well, though. Yeah, Perfect. you can definitely. I think we, we'll maybe, probably start there tonight. Start yeah, there. yeah so go there. Uh, it's awesome. Pizza, uh, good pie. It's amazing. Good love, pie. Good pie. Great name. You know, um, I love it. Uh, Jamiland is this Jamaican tropical tiki bar. Okay. And we know you you have a pension for the tiki bars. Yeah. So uh, I'll go there if you guys want some rum cocktails. Okay. Uh, another tiki bar that I like to, I used to work there at Golden Tiki. It's your, your traditional we've, tiki bar. We've got somebody, uh, yeah. do you know uh, Adam Rains? Adam Rains. He's coming on. man. Yeah, he's coming on. Yeah. He's the yeah, godfather. <laughs> he's the god. He's my, he's my godfather. He'll be on on Tuesday. That's killer, Before dude. Steve flies out. So 
He's I'll actually lie. our last show of this. Uh, he's such a great dude. I fucking love that guy. We're, we're very excited. Down. Very excited. Yeah, and we'll he, have to go see him for sure. Definitely. That's Golden Tiki. Golden Tiki. So uh, there's another tiki, call, tiki bar called Frankie's Tiki. I tell people Frankie's Tiki Bar is if you take Golden Tiki and a biker bar and they had a baby. Oh. That's where you go. Do they have a pool table? No, it's a small room. You can smoke there, though. So Ooh. Okay. He right. doesn't smoke, but, you know. Just I, 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 we can go get some cigars. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, so you, you can smoke there. It's that. a small place. The way I describe it to people kind of turns them off, but I'm like, it's it's actually verbatim no, when you dude. get there. You'll be like, this This is a biker bar and a tiki bar had a baby. Like, you might get stabbed there. You <laughs> might not. I'm in. It's cool. If you do, because there's a hospital right across the street. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. There's a hospital right across the street from there. It's better if there's a doctor already there drinking, so you don't have to go anywhere. You know? So It's, it's even a, better if the doctor was the biker who stabbed you. Yeah. It's a win-win. What's your name, Dr. Bird? <laughs> um, one of the questions we always like to ask, too, is... Do you have a favorite song to close down a bar? He keeps he keeps shoehorning this. It's in your there. notes, dude. Take you put it in. All there. right, don't you know what? Don't answer. You know you can if you no, want. No, don't you dare answer that question. <laughs> I swear to God, we already he, we already know he's a Rick Astley fan. Right. So. Yeah, but so everyone's usually like, "Oh, you do closing time." I'm like, "No." Yeah. My closing song is "Move, Bitch, Get Out the Way." Move. That's a good one. Go. Okay, I'm glad got, I asked. I, it's I, more I direct. <laughs> Your notes I did so. I actually did add a new playlist to it. We've got our, our profile on Spotify, we've got some playlists. Mm. I, I have a playlist on there called Lights Up Now. That's all closing songs. So, Move Bitch, Get Out the Way by Lights Ludacris Up is, is going on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's inspired. Okay, <laughs> we always ask for a bartender recommendation. I know you've talked, I mean, you just said Adam, we're having him on the show. You've said Sassafras, we're having her on the show. Is there anyone else that we like? We talked about Babs Baker. Yes, I mean, Babs. We're, we're yes. putting her on blast. Yeah. We Please need get it. us in yeah. touch with her on Instagram or we wherever we can. We will yeah. go to, and we've been talking about a, a true bourbon tour where we go to Kentucky and we do it right yeah, there. Yeah, do that. Definitely hit her up. Yeah. But is there anyone else in Vegas you feel like, or, or just in your life you feel like as a bartender that really needs to be on, on here? Dominic DiMartino. I've, we, Dom said he's in Kentucky now. Yeah, right? he's going to be in Kentucky. Yeah. So We might have to get him on after uh, we leave. Do. He's a... Yeah. Uh, He's a great bartender. He doesn't get, he doesn't, he's not as, uh, not in a bad way. I'm like super extrovert. I put myself out there. I'll put, I'll do TikToks, all that shit. I'll do it. He's a, he's a family man. He has kids. He has a wife. We're going to have to peel you know? back the layers a little bit. A little bit. He's okay. a great guy. I fucking love him. He's, uh, I think he's from Jersey originally. He's super Italian. Interesting. Super Italian. I always tag him when I go to Olive Garden, though. Yeah. <laughs> just to piss him off. He's like, I don't need that shit. I'm like, yes, you do. You fucking liar. Deep at heart, you know you want some breadsticks in you. Yeah. <laughs> he, he works at Legacy Lounge at Circa. So if you guys do go downtown, and he, he might be there. Okay. Might not. That would be killer. Go to Legacy. That would be killer. Okay. All right. Well, this is our wrap-up. Our last uh, couple questions for you before we get you out of here. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah, this, Javier, been, this has been a great time. Yeah. And honestly, incredible. I'm so glad awesome. you only made that. one of these. But so this great daiquiri. I could and if be you can actually, this all day, but if we did, I think we'd no, be crushing it. If under, you can actually get the Dr. Bird and, yeah, the and Dr. do this Bird. cocktail right, it was delicious. I think but, that's the key. I think yeah. you need uh, that um, high ester, yeah. as they called it on, on our cocktail history. Um it, maybe it's not Dr. Bird, but if I don't know if you have some other recommendations and other rum that's a higher ABV. I like, I like, not so much higher ABV, but like, Ray Nephew. It's a great Ray Nephew? Ray Nephew. Ray Nephew. Okay. Uh, if you really want to go on the cheap end where it fucking hurts and burns, uh, Rum Fire. 
Yeah, Rome Fire. What a name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the logo is the greatest thing. It just says Rome Fire in white letters. And then the background is just blue blue flames, like cheesy ass blue flames. Yeah. And that's it. It looks like somebody made it in yeah, like, like a like uh, freshman year word graphic paint design or something. Class. Yes, yeah. word paint for sure. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love that. All right. Well, we always like to ask our guests, why do you still do this? AKA. Why do you fucking hate yourself? I love the people. I love the story. I love the camaraderie that this industry does have, especially in Vegas. I mean, I've gone to other cities and everything, but Vegas definitely cares for one another in the bar sense community. You know, um, I started, I only knew about this when I joined the USBG, the United States bartenders go. Mm-hmm. If anyone has one in their, in their city, highly recommend you join it. You meet new friends, new connections. And that's pretty much it. Like Vegas is a, it's a, it's a big city, but it's also one of the smallest towns ever. I can go anywhere and have a good time and talk to some friends. I, love I, I think that you guys all have a point of camaraderie, which is like you're going into battle when you work in this town. Mm. You know, just because of what everybody coming to the town in flocks is like ready to be debaucherous. I, I can see why a community could be really close knit. It's really close knit around honestly. hospitality. Yeah. Like I said, like if you work in one casino, that casino holds at least like 30 bartenders, and you can run into every single one of them every day. So that's 30 people just from working in one place. Wow. Yeah. I've worked in so many goddamn places. What do you think the actual number is? Like what, establishments? Bartenders? No, no, establishments you've worked at. Me? Let's see, so in the like, whole career. My whole career? Whole career from the Since family, I'm, listen, from the family restaurant from three fajitas to now. Like, what do you think the real Since, number is? Since I was 18, I worked two jobs every single year. I'm 32, turning 32. So around 16. <laughs> Jesus More. Christ. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. We're man. coming it's up been... to the end of the year, so you're gonna have to get a couple more jobs. Yeah, next you year. are. Yeah, a couple more jobs. <laughs> also, the this is this is funny. I always work two jobs, right? My sister turned 21 this year, and for the longest, for the longest thing she wanted to do was, she just wanted to sit at my bar, and have a drink. Oh yeah, that's like sweet. not I'm not even as well. not even my baby sister sat at my bar for the first time a couple years back. It was weird. Man. <laughs> so she like no, she didn't even want to drink. She just wanted to sit there and watch me work. Yeah, that's cool. You know, which is like, well, that's fine. You know, whatever. And I told him like, if you do that, I will have every single person that walks in here sing happy birthday to you <laughs> and buy you a shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. threat. <laughs> you know, good. That's a good big brother. But right wait, there. so this year she got a job working with me at my restaurant. And the number one policy there is the employees can't sit at the bar at all. Oh. And she just turned 21 uh, a week ago. Oh. (laughs) So she's like, I hate you so much. She's like, I've had this plan for 10 years. And I'm like. This is great. I'm like, it's your fault. You got to work somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. You're going to have to quit. You're You're going to have to be on call. You need to get suspended for a week and then come and drink and then. For sure. Get hired again. All right. Final question, Mike. Tee him up. Yeah. So uh, if you had a bar what would you call it or what would the theme be so this is so i got this i'm i'm pretty sure i got this from a tv show so the bar name will be puzzles oh it's uh uh, how how did i how 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 much your mother puzzles where everyone fits in which is i think it's fucking great i like that it's fucking great and it would just be a neighborhood craft bar yeah you know that's pretty neat really simple but just good, good cocktails. Good, good cocktails, good vibes. Everybody's yeah. welcome. Comfortable area. Yeah. Low key. And I've told people, someone's like, dude, that's such a great thing. Why did you do it? I'm like, because I got it from a TV show. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> uh, the best form of flattery is yep. mimicry. 
you know. Yeah. So uh, I think I think that's beautiful, and I I love the fact um, that the more and more we do this show, there is this resounding sentiment of uh, inclusivity in not just the bartending business, but what the communities we want to build, whether those people are in the service business or not. And so I love that it's community building. It's more people getting to step outside their comfort zone and and find that third space in their life. It's, yeah, it's not even about even working in this industry. Yeah, you know, it's about what this industry provides mm-hmm. to people that are not in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, we've said it a million times on the show. You know, there are three spaces in life. There's home, and you have responsibilities there. There is work, and you have responsibilities there. And then the third is community. It's a place that you make a decision to seek mm-hmm. out and be a part of, and nobody makes you be there. Um, and your level of participation is as much as you put into it. And um, this can be a hobby or, or a sport or something you do on the weekends. But for a lot of people, it's that bar, that restaurant, that watering hole, that club that they're in, that they can hang out with their friends and meet some new people and have a little bit of conversation where they can check out from the responsibilities and be like a real fucking human being for mm-hmm. five minutes. So um, that third space is so important to the fabric of our communities and who we are as individuals. And I, I think that's why this show and this profession is so important because we need to keep providing that to people. I definitely agree. You know, you, someone's always got to have a safe space somewhere. Yeah. You know, whether it be your home yeah. or it'll be your home bar or just be your regular watering hole yeah. that your friend used to work at. And that's pretty much it, you know. I love it. I love it. Well, Javier, it's been an awesome time. It's been great meeting you. Thank you for introducing us to more of this amazing Vegas bar scene. And I got to say, I think this is the best daiquiri uh, we've certainly ever Brandon's had Brandon's going to come after you, man. I, I think this is the best daiquiri You know what? They could both fuck you up. So you Let him come after me. Let him come after me. Hi, Brandon. I'm just a big fan of the of, of Dr. Bird. So thank you, my friend. What a blast. Have a... Oh, there he is. Oh, my God. Found, I found the Nicholas Cage. There he is. With, you didn't tell us he had his teacup Maltese in his lap the entire time he was eating no, this that, thing. That was, that was his girlfriend. Of <laughs> course, oh he has the leather jacket, too. Oh, oh my God. You've got to post this. Oh, man. Amazing. That is beautiful. I don't know any other fitting way to end the show other than to say, The Bees! <laughs> Not the Bees! The bees! <laughs>
Join us on the first Monday of every month for a virtual industry night happy hour. Have some drinks, meet some fellow barflies, listen to our guest bartender playlist that we just told you about, and you can even tell Mike and I to our faces how much we suck at podcasting. Make sure to follow on social uh, for all the links to the BRP Industry Night Happy Hour. That's right, Steve. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rant Podcast on Patreon. VIPs are always going to have a seat at the bar. You're going to get access to our bonus content, like the Vegas Bar Crawl episodes. Also, the Boilermaker Tapes, Ranch versus Blue Cheese, uh, Crank Calls, Special Releases, and so much more. Yeah, like that really bad teaser uh, that Mike and I... Yeah. Please, if you're a Patreon subscriber, <laughs> don't listen to. It. If you actually I'll, don't listen to it, forgive please. us. Forgive us. For if, the I will say, if Chris's, if either of the Chris's are listening right now, I get it. I understand why you hate me so much. I'll give but you just, five dollars back. Just not to <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a big tipper, aka one of our bozels, feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the bartender and podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our wonderful executive producers and shout out your name and drink of choice or something you want us to shout right here. Yeah, and uh, for these Vegas episodes, uh, our special bozels, our special sponsors are, of course, Herd Card Game, Chandler from Herd Card Game. Uh, she got us hooked up with Wendy at Chilled Magazine and got us in touch with all the incredible bartenders that you're going to get to listen to. Please check her out. She's on Instagram, Herd Card Game. She's also in our link tree in our bio. So if you go to our Instagram, you can check out our link tree and you can see the Herd Card Game and where to purchase it. It's incredible. It is uh, Cards Against Humanity, but for the service industry. Get a few of your bartender server friends together. Throw five or ten bucks a piece in. Get this. It is so much fun to play. And Let it uh, live behind your bar. Yeah, just keep it behind the bar. I, I completely agree with that. But then also a gigantic shout-out to Wendy from Chilled 100 or Chilled Magazine. Uh, Wendy is the national director of Chilled 100. Uh, and if you would like more information about a free membership to their magazine, uh, or, or excuse me, a free membership or a free subscription to their magazine, uh, you can check out www.chilledmagazine.com. Or you can email Wendy at chilledmagazine.com. And uh, if you are someone who truly is passionate, oh, there's the train too, so it's drink along. Drink there people. you go. All drink, finally got it in on the Vegas episodes. If you are someone <laughs> who truly, <laughs> we can't escape the train. If you are someone who truly loves uh, the bar, the, the bar industry, the service industry, or if you're somebody who's just starting out and you want more, uh, you know, you want a resource to help you build and grow your skills and learn more about the industry. Please check out Chilled. Wendy was incredible. She was so easy to work with. We didn't get a chance to meet her, but she got us in touch with every single bartender you heard from Vegas. So thank you very much, Wendy. Thank you, Chandler. Incredible. We love thank you, guys. You thank you so much. Uh, Mike and I do this because we love the service industry, and we want to bring you great content. But keep in mind, this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always... Don't just listen along. Drink along. Yeah, yeah. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. 
And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast, and we want you to stick around, and Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you, and we'll see you on the next episode. You just told me to take it easy. On the liquor. Oh, okay. I can drink as much beer as I want then. Here comes more penalties. Cat's going to be so pissed off. She's going to get here late tonight. I'm going to be all fucked up. Who's this? Cat. She's our last interview today. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, is everybody ready to keep it rolling? Yeah. All right. Cat I'm just going to. What's, What's that? that? Cat Sassafras? I don't know. I'll show you a picture of her real quick. That can't be your real last name, right? I think so. Interesting. Sassafras. I don't have it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. She's coming tonight. All right, Sassafras. What a last name. I believe that's her name. I may be mispronouncing that.